and welcome back to Podcorn and a Movie, a podcast where we break down different film genres, themes, categories as we attempt to complete a mini-series. Uh, we are on our final installment. Uh, this is the 1975 summer blockbuster directed by Steven Spielberg, Jaws. I am your host, Steven Dillard, with my co-hosts, Chase Lano and Dave Gio. Wow. Wow. Love this movie. Wow. Start off right, right off the bat. By the way, I'm kind of shocked. I feel like we got, we went through this month pretty fast. Yeah, I, did, I was kind feel. of, when we were watching the movie today, I was like, oh shit, this is the last one of this month. I know. I feel like it, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of bummed out. I'm like, I, I was liking this classic run, some solid movies in there. Um, it's our shortest month yet as well. It is. Is it? Well, yeah, we've never done a four movie miniseries. Okay, that's a good point. Yeah, because we used to do two a week, right? Yeah, Which, that's and then still even, that's like, crazy the that we used to do five. That. I know, dude. It's, think of how hard it is to get us together for one episode a week. Imagine watching two movies and doing two records. A oh week, my god! Be. I don't know. I how mean, we it, did maybe it. if we did, uh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna I say, miss it. I miss it night. only because of the the library of movies we would build up per yeah. genre or miniseries. Like it really, like as much as I love this month, like four movies feels like we barely scratch the surface of classics. But but what a one to end on. Ones. Yeah, yeah, what a yeah. one to end on. Um, um, from what I've uh, heard and uh, I'm, we've learned in class, unless uh, unless I'm wrong on this, this is the film that coined the term blockbuster. My uh, yeah, yeah, because of uh, the line the the lines around the block. I mean, yeah, I've seen old still uh, photos of the uh, premiere of this movie, and it's a. Uh, I also wish we we. I don't know if they do. They still do this in New York, uh, Dave. When they premiere movies, do they have like a uh, giant marquees with the name of the movie? Do they do that anymore? Yeah, they do. I, I think some places, so. yeah, yeah. Because like, I, if I, it's still like a classic theater for sure, right? And I draw, you, you know, every now and then you drive by a theater that still has like a marquee, and there's you know the the movie titles on it, right? Um, the one that uh, the we, Jaws one looked just so cool. Yeah. Like if you've seen the if you've seen the image of it, it's awesome. I love it. I feel like the one that the theater we drove by like a week ago, the one we had dinner with or lunch with my parents. Oh yeah. That yeah. that still does like But you know what I mean? Like with the, yeah, with yeah, the yeah, really yeah. like complex marquees yes, where they yes. put like Jaws' head was on there on and it, it said yeah. Jaws mm-hmm. and it was it was really like it was it was awesome. I guess you're right. We haven't really seen anything like I mean, they have like pop ups and stuff now in theaters where it's yeah. like you can take photos and stuff. I guess that's the thing that kind of took over the big yeah. like Marquees outside. See a lot of like cardboard cutouts yeah. inside and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, so first experience is watching this movie. Chase dropped a bomb on me. Oh, dude. You have, okay. You're gonna have to bring. Gonna, I know. No. No. no I've seen, it. Seen, it. seen it. It just a very. I was. You have to talk about it because okay. it shocked me. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So you go okay. First. So I've only seen this movie once before. Okay. Uh, I. It wasn't that I just didn't like the movie it was honestly one of those things that i remember watching it as a young kid and being like oh it's a fisherman movie and not really understanding why people got so like this is the best shark movie ever because technically when i saw it i was like this is a good kind of like fish hunting movie instead of like a like a shark horror or something i don't know moby dick but as we discussed. yes, exactly. It's more, it mirrors Moby Dick so much that I will say this second viewing, I really did like this movie. Now I still say, 
I think you guys seen this movie way more than I do. So you guys probably know way more than I do of this movie, but I know enough to be like, yep, I've seen this movie. I definitely know where people like stuff. I know what is like, what, what, what's the word? Uh, fuck or whatever, whatever. Whatever. You, do you, you you understand its importance? You were talking to me yes. today about that. You're like, I understand why this is uh It's important. a big it's appeal. A, the appeal, yeah. Um so uh my my uh my first my first viewing my first viewing of this movie, sorry. Um we asked that you silence all phones. We asked that you silence all phones. Was that Eric? Yeah, it was Eric. Yeah, Yeah, Eric. Shout out Eric. Yeah, shout out Eric when you listen to this podcast later. You just interrupted it. Um, (laughs) It's podcast debut. (laughs) Yeah, podcast debut. He wants to be on here so bad. Um, Okay, so um, first time I ever saw this movie uh, was, yeah, I was a very young kid. I was already a Spielberg head when I was a kid. I'm pretty sure Spielberg was the only director that I, like, knew of. I didn't even know what a director was, Mm -hmm. like, when I was five, six years old. But I had watched, like... Close Encounters, E.T., Jurassic Park, uh, Saving Private Ryan when it came out like in 98. Like I was I was already on top of my Spielberg game, uh, at least like, you know, the uh, not not as more dramas, but is it is action and adventure movies. Yeah. I was all over them. So um, this is one of it's so hard. I had this discussion with Dave, but I watched this movie when I was, I think, like five, I had to have been five years old because I remember being very young and uh, I loved it right off the bat. I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like a movie that it would appeal to young children, but it yes. did to yes. me. Uh, left, a, left a lasting impact on me. Um, I, I was also not yet. But uh, I do like, I am a uh, big fan of the book uh, by Herman Melville, Moby Dick. Uh, so it's funny that we talked about that today. But I didn't read that book until I was in like middle school. So, um, but I think that's, uh, Jaws had a big impact on why I enjoyed Moby Dick. Because yeah. it's like, we're reminded like, Moby me. Moby Dick was really inspired by Jaws. Huh? I, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's probably what I was thinking in my, when I didn't realize that Herman Melville wrote that a long time ago. But um, yeah, um, last left a lasting impression. Obviously, a big part of it is that. The Jaws ride at Universal, which I was a frequent goer. I lived, I grew up 45 minutes from Universal Studios. So um, I, you know, I'd, I've been to that theme park more than I've been to any other theme park. And uh, Jaws was one of my all time favorite, like, themed rides. I loved that ride. Sadly, now it's closed. Um, but yeah, it's just like I had a poster of Jaws since I was a kid. Uh, I've always owned a version of it, whether it be like I had that old, uh, do you remember the old double VHSs, uh, Dave? Where it was, it was like a do- it, it was, was a double. It was a double because the first one was the movie, the second one was behind the scenes okay. and like interviews right. with Steven Spielberg and such. And so I've always owned a version, whether it be DVD, VHS. Now I own a Blu-ray like special edition of it. But yeah, uh, this is a uh, one of my I can safely say all-time favorite movies. Like it's 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 got to crack the top twenty. Might even might even be I don't know. I'm, I'm not top at ten. That's hard, but it's like, it's up there. It's, it's up there. Like I can quote this movie very well. I know it through and through it's in my top 20. Uh, Spielberg's one of my favorite directors. This is, it's hard picking a favorite Spielberg. Like it really is. But, uh, yeah, this one, this one's amazing. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. I'm sorry. I was long winded. No, it's great. I mean, this movie, this was obviously your choice, but it like, um, means a lot to you and to me. Like it's, uh, like that was like a big thing that you and I shared was our like Spielberg love. And like, yeah. unfortunately we didn't go down as many Spielbergs as we wanted to, but we like, 
I did we watch Jurassic Park twice together? Yeah, we and and yeah, and we've we've knocked out like nine or ten Spielbergs together. Yeah, we we watched a good amount, but, but we, um, yeah, we but, just never got to like the newer or yeah. like, not new, but the ones we hadn't seen was our goal. Right, um, right. But uh, this movie is like a. It's hard for me to pinpoint the first time. I'm definitely sure it was on television for the first time, and it might have even been like I. When I was younger, I probably thought parts of Jaws 2 were parts of Jaws 1. And um, and I've always been aware of, like, it being, like, my dad's favorite, like, one of my dad's, like, big movies. And I'm increasingly being aware of that as I get older. I'm like, that really is, like, his, like, probably his favorite, one of his favorite movies ever. Like, more than, like, Star Wars and Indiana Jones movies that he showed me as a kid. This is one that he continuously revisits. He probably watches it once a year, but I want to say like when I was like 15 or so, we were talking about Jaws and he's like, like that scene, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Oh, I don't remember that. And he's like, how do you not remember that? And then he's like, have you seen Jaws? And I was like, yeah, I, of course I've seen Jaws. Like I've seen it a ton of times. And he's like, yeah, but have you like sat down, start to finish, watched right. it, and like I remember, we went. At, we didn't own a VHS or DVD of it. Uh, and that day that we were having the conversation, we went to uh, Barnes and Noble, and he like bought it, and we sat down. And I felt like that was my first true, like oh, like I like start to finish watching this movie that had kind of been like part of my childhood forever. Like I always assumed I had seen Jaws, but yeah. I felt like I had never seen it until that DVD viewing and. Um, and I think also like, like you brought up the point of the Universal Studios. Uh, this was always like that was like one of my favorite uh, attractions at um, uh, Orlando, and then it's part of the backlot tour uh, mm. in California. It's right. not a ride, but it's like while you're on the backlot tram ride, and this is still there or as far as. I don't know, like five years ago when I was there, they still have the Jaws like moment where like he comes up. Uh, and like, I don't know if the tram guy still shoots him, but I feel like he used to like shoot Jaws with the shotgun on the actual ride in Orlando. Like, didn't they have like actual like chunks that flew off him or maybe that's just my childhood memory. I think it was, it was like, like not explosions. What is it? Like air, like they have air air canisters that just shoot out of the actual pressurized salt acid. Yes. Um, Yes. But, uh, (laughs) uh, but The Jaws is a part of like the whole movie for me. Like it's like when you walk in and I'm like Steve, like Universal was like my favorite place growing up, like mostly the California one. But it's like you walk in a Universal, you could probably get 10 minutes without hearing a theme from John Williams from a Spielberg movie. You like it. It's just all over the place is like. Spielbergisms and Universal, like Jaws, is such like a monumentous thing there. Like ET, Jurassic Park, like and so like this. I don't know, like the music, the vibe, like the like the iconic imagery, like everything from Jaws. It was huge growing up, and so like by the time I settled down and watched it, it was really amazing to me. And it gets better and better and better and better every time. I swear to God. I I agree, and it, it, to to touch on to piggyback off of the imagery, just uh, I remember there was um, there was like three or there's like three theaters that I mainly went to as a kid, and like every single one of them had either a poster or a collage with Jaws in it, and it's just like 
Yeah, it's like when, wherever you go, like AMC, like a lot of the AMCs, you'll see Jaws imagery. You'll see their, yeah. you know, Roy Scheider on the boat, or you'll um, it's it's everywhere. Or you'll see the the classic poster of Jaws chomping down on our first victim. Um, Which I I would even argue, uh, and we said this in I think Wizard of Oz episode, Jaws is definitely one of those movies that at least I don't know if everybody has seen it. But everybody knows Jaws. Like, oh, yes. if you oh, yeah. said, Absolutely. if you said, name top ten, not best, but like name the biggest movies of all time. At least the first ten names, Jaws will be in one of those for everybody. Um, and I feel I, like if anything, what Jaws does, and I think we mentioned like a hint to this, Jaws does better than Wizard of Oz is it's that soundtrack. That soundtrack is so like everyone has heard the da 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 da. The classic John Williams score. Everybody knows so what that's ominous from. and like you just it's it's Jaws's theme. I love it. Every time he's in the area, you start to or the, with the barrels popping yeah. up, you start to get bum 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 It's also crazy because um, I won't I won't say that this movie isn't filled with good thrilling john williams score like there's like a lot of like of his classic adventure touch that right. you can yes. hear in it yeah but the thing that people remember is the dun 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 and it's kind of crazy to think about how famous the score is for being something that is not like like you Overused. might put on like the star wars soundtrack just to listen to you might put on like et or jurassic park like these are scores and and soundtracks that are like good like songs or whatever like but no one's like putting on and like dun, 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 just to like drive along to but it's so famous regardless which i think is part of the power of like how well it works for the moments in the movie and um i watched a uh i definitely recommend this it's i think it's called inside jaws the making of jaws mm. and it's a. Uh, a documentary that I've seen a ton of times because they always play it during Shark Week on Discovery Channel, but I just rewatched it and I probably have never watched it start to finish. But it's really, really good, filled with like amazing little tidbits. But um, when did that? When, when do you remember watching that? I'm just curious. Uh, I just watched it yesterday. But how old I've, is it? I've seen it. Uh, I want to say it's like 15 years old. Okay. Um, I was wondering if it was the same one I watched on VHS, but probably not. The VHS one's, I think, like 20. I, I just want to say that because it had like some references that I was like, huh, that seems kind of diff or like recent. Jaws, the inside story. I think this is what it's it's from 2010. Okay. Um, and it just has like a great cast of talking heads. Um and uh, but one of the um, story points was that uh, when John Williams presented the music to Spielberg, he thought it was kind of a joke. He was like, I don't know if this works. It's, it's, and it's funny to think about that it's, now. It's musically speaking. It's, it's a very simple theme. Like uh, uh, I can play part of it on the piano and it's literally two keys. And then you have Ooh. the other. And like, but it, it is a very like. It's very simple and broke. Like it's not uh, a very complicated score, but it works. I but don't know. one you know of what? the things that John Williams said that I was like, "Oh wow, that's really um, like that." Just that's why it's so good. Uh, is he's talks about the score and he's basically like, once it starts, you can't stop it. 
you know, and oh, you're geez. just going and going and going. And that's, I love that. it's representing the shark attack itself, yeah. you know, like yes. once that dun, dun starts, it doesn't stop. And that's why it's so like, it works so well. And I love that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a really good way of putting it. Um, yeah. It's like putting a train into motion. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, there's nothing that's going to slow it down, but, um, did he did a, a chase? Oh no, sorry, Dave. You'd know this. Um, did he win uh, for this score or no? I John Williams. Don't know because he's um, won. I know he's got like eleven Academy yeah. Awards or something, but I wasn't sure if this was one of them. I don't. I don't think it was. Now I, I think this only check. won one. Oh, it's a famous. Oscar. It's a famous snub scenario we've. Uh, I think we've all seen the footage of Steven Spielberg and yes. how confident mm. he was behind behind the scenes at the Oscars where he's like, he was expecting to win like best picture, best actor. What did, what did it win for? It won for. Well, no. So this is just for the nominees when but, the but, video, the, where it's, it's sad. It's a it sad, sad video. It it's sad. heartbreaking to watch. It and is. it's also, it's also showing a bit of like, this is what hubris can do, but he legit hired a film crew to film the announcement of the Oscar yeah. nominations. Cause he thought he was going to sweep and, um, they announce them, and I think the film gets four nominations is what I'm looking at. So it had Best Picture, which is like, you want that, uh, Best Music, Best Film Editing, and Best Sound. Yeah. Oh, and I'm surprised. no director. And mm, that's like yeah. Spielberg was just like crushed by it. And like, uh, there's just, there's just like, uh, there's a, I don't know why he's there, but there's an actor from The Godfather in that video. And he's just like, He's just like, hey, who do they think they directed this movie? The shock? Like, it's yeah, really yeah. funny. Like, he's trying to, like, console Spielberg. And Spielberg's just like, uh, I guess they nominated Fellini. Like, Yeah, what was they, the uh, winner of Best Picture that year, 75? Uh, Best Picture, 75. I'm trying to think. I thought you knew because I remember you, you, you and I had a had a porch conversation about this. and about yeah. It's just an all-time... It's an all-time uh, snub. I, know, yeah, I definitely really... knew the movie that beat Jaws. Um, I put but, you on um, the spot. Sorry, but so I, I mean, I don't. I didn't know if I wanted to get into this yet. Um, Thank you, Chase. And I don't want to talk too much about it because I really just want this to be like a love fest for Spielberg and the movie Jaws. Yeah. But, um, Godfather Part Two. God, Godfather Part. Okay. <laughs> That's the same yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, is it? Yeah. Did you look up seventy five? Yeah, oh, I 70, looked up seventy five. Wait, so you might have to look up uh, seventy six. Sorry, seventy six. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, it's okay because I was about to say that. That makes sense. One yeah, flew over the cuckoo's oh, nest. Oh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Okay, um, I yeah. Well deserved. Well yeah. deserved. Yeah. Another another one of my favorite too. movies. But go ahead. Um. But uh, so this is like all from the book that I talked about last week that you brought up, uh, Easy Rider, Raging Bull. But the, basically, I swear the author of this book uh, like has a little thing against Spielberg because he just makes him out to be like kind of a dick sometimes, but it's also like, I don't know, worship this child prodigy at the same time as like the, the writing of it. But basically Spielberg was kind of like, a little bit bitter because of the Oscars from this movie and the whole recognition thing. Like he doesn't have a writing credit on this movie and he feels that he contributed a lot to the story. So that wasn't like a part of like any of the fame he was getting. He wasn't nominated for um, a directing Oscar. 
And then Verna Fields, who uh, she was the the editor of the film, she wins uh, for best editing for this film, which I like easily deserve. Yeah, like, yes. I, uh, yeah, absolutely. Like, one, one could argue like the editing is kind of the brilliance of a lot of this movie. Absolutely. Um, and to the point where he felt like she shouldn't even be getting the credit she was getting. And like he kind of like got snippy with her. Um, she was supposed to uh, edit Close Encounters and he got rid of her off of it. Um, this around the 70s, there was a Kodak commercial that was celebrating a uh, woman in film. And specifically, there was like a section about editors. And um, yeah, I remember watching female female editors is not like a new thing in Hollywood. Like it's been joking, been yeah. around forever. Yeah, but yeah. He had her, he requested that she be replaced in that video that was like highlighting her with Marsha Lucas, who was George Lucas's wife at the time and the person that edited most of his uh, films. Fuck. Um, and this, and so like he just seemed kind of petty. Yeah. And I mean, um, but it, it is, it's tough. Cause I mean, like if you, if you read about her, you know the history of, the making of this movie, yeah. this movie yeah. was very difficult to make. There was a lot of setbacks on set. There was the, what was the famous name for the Jaws of the Giant Turd? Is that what they called it? Um, well, Bruce the Shark was what well, it was Bruce, But then Spielberg had his own name for it, which was, uh, <clears throat> it was either the Giant Turd or the Big Turd or the White Turd yeah. or whatever. But it, it's because there was the... The, the animatronic the kept animatronic. breaking down. Well, yeah, the, it the, was it was not well, good. Was, the shark would sink sometimes to the bottom, yeah, and it was like it was, there also, was just highly it was problematic. Tested, it was tested and worked fine in uh, swimming pools, but then when they got into the ocean with the salt water, the salt water was like exactly. eroding and fucking up all of the mechanics on the inside. So they were like on the fly welding shit. Um, Which I mean, just it just speaks volumes about this um, this uh, prop team or this the, yeah. the team that built this shark. Mm. It, I mean, because it's like this is 1975. Designers, the production designers, like just I mean, you really got to tip your hats to. Uh, and I mean, Spielberg deserves credit, but I mean, the guys that built this thing and tested it and I had mean, to continually do a, maintenance on that, this that thing, whole shark still looks it's fucking am, amazing it's today. I say I say this every time to 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 anybody who dares to debate with me that this is the greatest shark movie of all time. There's some people that will say, uh, what is it? Deep I've heard Blue a, Sea. Yeah, I've heard a couple. I like Deep Blue Sea. It's a it's a schlocky, cheesy. Um, but, um, nothing touches jaws. And I, and I, the thing I argue with them about is, is they're like, well, why do you think that is? And I was like, it's because they use a practical shark. Like they use, they built that shark. And I was like, what, like all the shark movies that have come out in the recent years, it's like you, they'll mix it with like, um, they'll mix it with the real footage of sharks and then you get the CGI and it's just like CGI just doesn't look right. And it's like, this shark is terrifying looking like, Yes. It, it still looks real to me. Like, yeah, yeah there's a couple yes. parts where it looks a little rubbery, which but it's I like guess a shark. That's only like the close up scenes yeah. towards and the it's end like, or when it's like, when I was a kid, it's I remember not even, it's oh. not even like rubbery for me. Cause I find the texture of the shark to be so real. The only thing that like, sometimes you're kind of like, oh, I see that is it's just, it's the positioning of the shark yes. can only do so many movements. And like, I, like, and I, I feel like they had more than one, but the one that they showed in the documentary the most was like like attached to this rig, but basically only half 
of the shark yes, was showing. Yes. The other half had all the it's, mechanics. It's on the, the same other one side. they use for the Universal ride. That's only the it's a it's yeah. the torso up or whatever, yes. or where the torso of a shark would be. They don't really have torsos, I guess. But anyway, well, no, it is like half of the yeah, physical like, shark. It's half like of the physical shark. If you looked at shark. it from one angle, it yeah. looks like a complete shark. Yeah, oh. and um, it's just, I mean, it's amazing. Like I, I feel like uh. I feel like I, I I guess because of how problematic it was is why people just don't dare touch it anymore. They're like, it's just cheaper to do CGI. But it's like, man, like, I mean, I guess it would be. I don't know. Now it's probably just easier to do CGI than to make a shark. I, I but think but I think one thing that does show that. The, OK, best way of saying it is, yes, I agree with you. Practical looks better. However, what they did that most shark movies don't do is show less. Barely show the, the reason shark. why I really like this film, especially towards the end, you're watching the fucking barrels. Yeah, That's you're more the terrifying that you can't see what's coming after you. And a lot of times they do the POV shot yeah. underwater. And it's like that it's like, that stuff gives you more anxiety because you're you don't see it. You don't know yeah. where it's going, you don't know where it's gonna be. That's terrifying. When you see the shark, yes, that is it's a fucking huge shark. Yeah. But so I, I just of, go ahead. Part of me really likes that lore in the legacy of, uh, and this none of it's like not true. But it's the the part that I question is like um, that there are so many issues. So this is the result that yes. we're left with. I've and always part of that. me is just like God. Like I I feel like that takes away from like a lot of the cinematic genius yeah. cinematic storytelling, the visual storytelling that is used in this movie. A part of me wants to say, I believe that that was their original intention and not as a result of like, like, like one of the best examples outside of what chase just said about the barrels is the, the two fishermen scene when the dock, dock. gets ripped off. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't see the shark during that scene, but you see the dock floating away and then the dock turns around. Yeah. And that is so effective. So I hate effective. to imagine that they're like, oh, this is all we could do. Like, I like to imagine it was someone like, no, that's like genius storytelling. Well, I right bet there. you there are definitely scenes where they do do that because, I mean, yeah. they, they filmed it, so they definitely went with that route. But yeah, I especially think, at the beginning. Maybe. Yes. I think if anything, there would just have been a lot more like cuts to seeing the shark dragging something and I they agree. took that out and it, and it, it's like, it's like what Bob Ross says. It was a happy little accident that actually <laughs> became something fucking amazing. I'm, 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 I'm with both of you. I'm, I, it's, it could, it could go either way, but I really, I really do hope that. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of have a love hate for that lore because I feel like, uh, you're like Dave said, you're robbing the, uh, the story, the, like the script of it. Like maybe that, I mean, I hope that's how it was written. I've never, I've never read the original script. I know that there's access to it online, obviously. And, uh, there was a copy of it at school, but I never picked it up and thought about in that until just now. I was like, if there's any script I should have picked up, it was that one. Uh, cause uh, I read, uh, the script for eternal sunshine, the spotless mind, completely different than the movie. By oh the yeah. Way. Completely different. And, um, there's just a whole nother added character, but I should have picked up Jaws because that would have been an interesting script to read just to see what their original intentions was and how, how much was uh, improvised or like just problem solving. But um, to, to, to segue into, into, into that shot, the shots that I like, it's like I, uh, some of my favorite shots I was telling Chase are the fin shots. 
Yeah. Like when you yeah. just like when when the Kentner boy gets eaten and the, and it's yes. just like a like blood like geysering out of the out of the water yes. is that shot is Ooh. it's it's great and it's like all you see is his fin come up and then the raft tips over and then there's just blood well, just you see and I think I think if water. you actually pay attention to that scene you kind of do see how I you, I'm going to say something you might disagree. Good. You can see a little bit of how janky the shark kind of looked in that shot. If you really look, yeah, that was probably you can not see, the, uh... you can see like half of its body, like come out of the water and you're like, okay, that looks a bit weird. Mm-hmm. But well, then having the, the whole, does, like when it attacks, yeah, it, like, it was its whole body. It, right. Yeah. Grabs kind of does a, and then it twists it. Does it like a gator roll? Yeah. But it, I, I, I think that, just showing a tiny glimpse of that was better than I bet you that whole so scene you would have seen. Yes. It, 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 and yes. Uh, and, I think and, it's a terrifying shot. So like, do I think I, that, that shot might be the scariest shot I, in the entire movie. I, I 100%, 100% agree. agree. Yes. I mean, oh, well, well okay, we might two. say that, but there's, there's the number one, there used to be, did you ever watch this? Um, back Jump in the day on, of all time. Y- uh, yes, the, uh, the 101 scariest moments in movie history. Number one, is Jaws is the head, com- is the head coming oh. up voted by critics and fans. And it's because really? of the, the I- impact. And it's funny. I have a story for this. I was t- told Chase, I'd tell this, but when, when his head comes up and Brody's throwing the chum and he turns around and sees that head, my grandpa famously, the John Wayne, Clint Eastwood grandpa, my mom's dad famously has told me this story a hundred times before he died. But like every time we'd watch Jaws, he'd be like, I remember when I was first saw that movie, when that shark came out of the water, I had a whole tub of popcorn and I threw it in the air and he covered everybody behind him sitting behind him. Like he threw his tub. He's of like the guy from the AMC, the <laughs> opening of the AMC commercial. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm he, like who throws their popcorn like that? He said, uh, uh, he said that the movie theater, gasped like everybody was like <gasps> like everybody like that was a uh for i mean voted i mean i'm not like you know that's it's, it's a matter of I, opinion but like yeah that i think that personally for me and chase and for you as we just discussed i think the scariest scene in that movie is when kittner gets yes. pulled off his raft and it's just like that i think that's the most gruesome death yeah even like though people this, yeah yeah there's i don't you think don't we see like quinn quinn's is pretty quinn's is pretty decent pretty, pretty bad yeah but pretty like to see like a little incredible. boy like blow up that's because crazy. he's just chomped in half and it's like the, it's it's like a blender like, yeah it's like, like yeah. and it's like, an, like oh my an amazing God. an amazing practical effect too like i, I love well, it they also it's crazy when they talk about shooting that scene but they basically like the kid just couldn't stay underwater and he's talking about it like in this documentary as an adult and he's like i was just a stupid kid but like everything that these people are saying in the documentary you're like you guys all should be careful about what you're saying. You could still retroactively <laughs> get canceled. But uh, uh, like, cause one of the things was they were like holding the kid underwater with like, you know, like and giving him like air through a scuba tank because he couldn't stay down. Um, and they needed like the rig and everything to like work perfectly with the explosion. And I'm like, ah, like watching that scene, I'm like, how much do you see that kid you don't without it cutting like you could easily well, have just and, and I the think, kids under the water I and think, then do the, well they're probably like the trying to describe like, it yeah. he's being held down while that explosion is shooting the blood up and i'm like that seems crazy well I, what yeah. i think uh, if anything we've come a long way yeah <laughs> well another thing that richard dreyfus is saying um i don't know if you guys uh or if you guys have ever known I feel like now I'm going to just go into a tangent about this opening scene, but maybe it's good. We just started the opening. The opening scene? But Let's the, go for it. Um, 
I wish I knew her name now because she's in the the documentary a lot. But do you know the girl, the opening girl? Yeah, Charlie? Uh, she's not like she's not like a famous actress or anything. She I'll was find a, out her name. But um, she was like an animal trainer and a stunt show person with like aquatic animals. And uh, and when they were looking for the role, they needed like a few things. They needed someone that like could physically do it, like the swimming and everything. Someone that Susan okay with Susan Backlany. Okay, someone that is okay with nudity and someone uh, that is dude, not bad to look at. Dude, also, I, this story or I know, no, I know you and I said this when we were watching it because we had noticed it in another movie, and I don't remember what movie it was. It might have been Sugarland Express where there was a there was there was side boob, and it's like oh, I don't yeah, Goldie Hawn side boob. Yeah, and it I don't Sugarland Express. I guess I'm not like from. Is, I don't know if it's because today we watched the Blu-ray and we wa- and we watched the 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 high definition at your at, when you and I watched it as well. But it was the only yeah. two times I noticed it, it is full blown nudity. Yeah, like yeah, you, you see boobs, see. you see, see vagina, you see you see everything. Like from when, especially uh, the bottom shot when the music's playing, it's coming up. Like there, she's not wearing anything. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no tape. Nothing. Like she's completely. It's crazy. I think about too, like the. The parents and whatever, like the MPAA. It was rated PG. It was PG. Finally got on Spielberg's ass over the Temple of Doom. I think this movie's gorier, has nudity, and is scarier than the Temple of Doom. I agree. Maybe not as violent. Yeah, but, but um, it's, it's like, and this is, I mean, Temple of Doom is a bit out of the realm of reality, whereas Jaws is like, full, like this full, is real. Like, this yeah. could actually happen. People do get attacked by sharks. And it's like, if anything, the MPAA should have been like, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to get back to that story, when it's interviewing her, because she's in the in the documentary and she's talking about like these are the requirements to hire people, and um, she basically talks about meeting with a producer, and I'm like, God, this is so crazy how like nonchalant she says this. Um, but she's like, so when I met with the guys, like I knew I wanted to do this part. The only thing I knew is that they wanted nudity and I knew they're going to have me undress like for the oh. casting. And so like when I came into the room, I handed them like like a booklet with like my headshot and everything. And there was just a nude photo in, of me in there. And the producer that is like in the room with her is also being interviewed for this documentary. And he starts talking about how he's like, so I went over to Steven, right? And I just showed him that picture. And then Steven um, said, well, can she act? And the producer is like, what are you talking about, Steven? Like, and it kind of like, I was like, all right, points for Steven Spielberg for yeah, like yeah, having a logical I'm, question where this yeah. guy's like, what is this guy talking about? Can she act? God, Who cares? The divide like, between what a producer and what a director are looking yeah. for. But yeah. yeah. Um, and that fits uh, Spielberg's character so well. Like his character in, in the seventies, at least was, he was like a, um, he was just a genuinely genuine movie nerd who wasn't as interested in the glamour of Hollywood. And he gets to that point for sure. But yeah, uh, it takes him a while, but yeah. Yeah. But he, he grew up like with the movie brats. Like that was his generation is the seventies, yeah. which is like Martin Scorsese, Francis Ford Coppola, Brian De Palma, um, Peter Bagdanovich. Great, and, great, uh, decade for directors really legendary and they're all known as the movie brats because a they were all very highly educated like they went to school for film most of them and b they were kind of the first generation of filmmakers that 
grew up on television and movies. They were seeing movies like as a huge chunk of their education. And uh, Spielberg's actually kind of the Tarantino of this group because he dropped out of school. Um, he could either go to school or go to Vietnam. And he ended up going to school, like the only school we could get into because he wasn't like a great student. And um, he ends up dropping out. But he's kind of like the guy that trained himself on movies. But I think that this specific time, 1974 is when they're making Jaws, is so fascinating because by this time, like all of his peers have done greatness. Like you just brought up um, the Godfather part two had already been out. Like Coppola was one of his peers that he looked up to. That means that Coppola, like in terms of his huge movies at that point had already done like the Godfather, the conversation, the Godfather part two, like Scorsese had already done um, mean streets at that point. Uh, like George Lucas had done American Graffiti, who George Lucas was kind of Spielberg's closest buddy. Yeah, and he of course, also we know that from Ajax. from yeah. the, uh, um, Indiana Jones and the, the famous story of yeah. him uh, sitting on the beach. Star Wars. Yeah, that. Night. Yeah, exactly. Um, That's an infamous story. Like William Freakin had already done The Exorcist. He already done French Connection. Peter Bogdanovich had already done Paper Moon and um, The Last Picture Show. So he's like he was growing up in this generation of filmmakers that have really already achieved like greatness and the other dividing difference was like he was working through the studios at the time like when Spielberg was like I don't know like 22 years old like he like got a uh, short he made yeah he would have been so he was born in 46 this is in 1968 he made a short movie called Amblin and um, it was passed around yeah, this is where Amblin Pictures came from. But uh, he passed it around to people, and it somehow got to Sid Scheinberg, who is the Universal Studios head. And he's like, you should be a director, kid. And Spielberg's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, all right, like right, let's do this. And they basically like form like a mentor-mentee relationship. Um, Sid Scheinberg's wife, uh, I don't know her name. It's not Scheinberg, but this is uh, is Brody's wife in Jaws. Lorraine, Gr- um, Lorraine Gray. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which a lot of people are like, was that a political move? Having like the head of Universal's wife be in your movie? Like, Could be. I'm sorry. If the movie's going bad. Lorraine Gary. Lorraine Gary. Sorry, Lorraine. Lorraine. He's still alive. He's right. Marty. He's right. <laughs> He's right, Marty. Yeah, this is, uh, this, is argu- <laughs> this has got to be arguably like, because... Uh, I think it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Um, you can't talk about America, the history of American cinema without talking about Spielberg. Yes. And I think that yes. that goes the same for like Martin Scorsese. I think that goes the same for like Francis Ford Coppola. This might be George Lucas, George Lucas. I think that and they're uh, all buds, which yeah, is crazy, which is crazy. And I think that that decade, um, it's arguable. I've tried to argue it with Dave before, but it might, it, it probably did. If you think about, uh, the importance of American cinema that the seventies produced the most iconic directors out of any decade. Well, yeah, I, I, I think it's hard to argue though, because the nineties really did. I mean, the nineties produced probably and a lot of the, directors that you love chase. Well, that's true. Yeah. That but, is it, true. but it's like, but the seventies, I think a lot of directors from the nineties wouldn't be where they are without, without the, the directors 70s. of the seventies. Yes. Which is- and it's we it's crazy because like there's one avenue where I say 
we don't get movies like Boogie Nights or Magnolia or There Will Be Blood. I don't know why I'm just using Paul Thomas Anderson. Well, but Tarantino. there's one avenue of the 70s that we don't get those types of movies if we don't have the Scorseses, the Coppolas, like those types of auteurs that were basically making independent cinema. Yeah, the yeah, they were, break, they were breaking, the, breaking the rules, if you will. But then I would argue there's the other avenue where we don't have our Avengers Endgame without Jaws and without Star Wars. Like in, I guess like we can go a little bit into that more that definition of the blockbuster. But like this movie really changed the game with blockbuster, and this is something like I need to like look up to quite define because we talked about well, Gone with the Wind, The Wizard of Oz, like several. Bond movies have come at like Thunderball was like a huge high grocer. Mm-hmm. Um, but this movie changed the mold in the sense of its marketing. It marketed, it put money into marketing, which movies weren't really doing quite like that at the time. It opened huge. Like it opened into like 450 theaters, which again, movies were not doing that at the time. They had trickle slow releases and like gone with the wind was in theaters all of 19. 19- 1939 whereas jaws was a summer blockbuster that boom it came and it conquered and it made its money really quickly and then it left and and it was also in the summer which was something that people didn't do at the time you were out at the beach during the summer not watching a blockbuster and yeah now that's summer blockbusters are just a staple it, of <clears throat> i mean cinema like, now like what um uh to go along with the marketing too um we've got to throw in that this movie, which I told Chase this today, and I don't think a lot of people know this movie unless they read the the tagline on the, uh, or not the tagline, but it's a, the caption above Jaws. It is based on Peter Benchley's number one best-selling novel, Jaws, which is not as well-known as the movie, obviously. Like, I, I mean, as a kid, I didn't know that until, I don't know, I was a teenager, and I actually, like, looked at the poster, and I was like, oh, this is based on a novel? Like, nobody talks about the novel, but, I mean, this movie wouldn't exist without that. Um, have you guys read the novel? It's, no, it's no, also, I haven't. Uh, I, I, well, it's, it's not like it's, in, it's not like huge in circulation. Like you don't see it at like public libraries. Like you'd have to like order it online. Go ahead. It's also fairly similar to Jurassic Park two in the Michael Crichton. The, the development the development of the novel almost went hand in hand with the development of the movie. There was very little downtime. Like they were already developing this movie. Before it became a best-selling novel, right, right, they just yeah. saw yes. they saw the money in the water or whatever they the did. Expression. They saw the blood in the water, yeah. um, but uh, <laughs> also like the the poster itself. Uh, I think um, it, it, more so than I think any movie we've covered so far. This this poster art is more iconic. Oh yeah, than the four the other three movies we've covered. Like this po- this imagery of that poster, the one that's sitting behind Dave, that's sitting in our living room right now, like. That imagery, I know we talked about it like at AMC theaters. I've seen it and I've, I see it everywhere. But like, uh, it is one of the just like classic movie posters. It is, it's a, well, I love it. I, I love the imagery of the shark coming up while the woman's swimming. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to check one last time. But I, this is kind of a cute little like think back. But yeah, cute when, little think back. A cute little think back is when uh, when we started this podcast. I remember when we were trying to make the logo. One of the big things that when we decided, hey, let's do movie posters on the sides. Gotta put Jaws. We in had there. to put Jaws in. It's and Jaws, so iconic. Jaws is right. And it at the time it was like I choose my four. Dave chose his four. But Jaws had to be 
the closest to us. So it's it's if you look at our actual logo, it is the one right next to Dave. Yeah, and I I, I love that you, I love that you guys did that because it's it it is it it it, it belongs on that wall. Like it, it's it's one of my favorite movie posters, and I I own a lot of movie posters, but I just I I got it for ten dollars. At Blockbuster, yeah, that honestly, that is a, that is a, that is a cool. hard poster. It's not a it's not a paper poster. It's a like I described to Dave. It's hard to describe, but it's a hard poster. The frame is part of the poster. It's kind of a rough material when you when you touch it. Um, and uh, I like that because that poster is is everlasting. I don't have to worry about wear and tear on it. It's it's I got it for ten dollars because Blockbuster was closing, and I thought, what a perfect moment. This is the movie that coined the phrase Blockbuster, and I'm buying it for ten dollars hmm. from Blockbuster because it's going it's going uh, out of business. Sad day, but uh, yeah, this movie also spawned three sequels, which um, I've never get, seen any get of them. Progressively worse. Um, Roy Scheider is in the second one. Um, and I, 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 uh, I'm with Dave on that. When I was a kid, I probably did get these two confused because it's, the, uh, it's the electrocuting part. Because remember, he electrocutes the shark by having him bite the well, like, wire. Yeah, and most so, of the kid stuff also I just really remembered I yeah. thought was in this movie. And if you, guys, if you remember <clears throat> the, the ride, um, when the second Jaws comes up, the burnt shark, Remember yeah. that that's that's straight out of Jaws too. Like that's yeah. that's how he looks after he gets electrocuted. But uh, I remember when I was a kid too. I never understood because I was like, Jaws dies in the first one. How does he come back? But it's just another shark. But um, it's Jaws's friend. It's Jaws's friend. It's Jaws's sister. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this Baby is just. I, I I could. Uh, I also have. Um, I own, which is one of my prized possessions. <laughs> I own an autographed um, <laughs> Jaws little like. Uh, it's like a. Uh, it's about the size of a picture frame, but it's a it's a poster that's shrunk down, um, and it's autographed by Roy Scheider and I believe Richard Dreyfus. Robert Shaw is not on there. Another appeal of this movie, and I always say it, is the triple R. I don't know why it looks so good, but when you look at the poster, Roy, and it's Roy Roy, Sh- Roy, Roy Scheider, Roy. Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, and it's uh, yeah. R R R, the three R's. And what a pairing! The three of them. Are uh, fantastic. I mean, I love I every bit it's of great. As soon as they get on the boat together, I am just like so. I'm so into it. I'm like, I'm like, oh hell yeah, we got. That's a- about um, <clears throat> at the at the. It's a two hour long movie. It's about at the exact hour marker yeah. they get on the boat, and it's like, damn, this movie like was really really good, and they haven't even gotten on the boat yet. Well, that's, that's what I was. That's what I was saying about like the Moby Dick thing. It, I feel like a lot of. A lot of these shark movies that try to do is they focus on the shark attacks instead mm-hmm. of the actual hunting. Where this movie, you only see what three, maybe four shark attacks before they're like, "Fuck it, we're gonna go of, and so five kill count." Yeah. yeah. So and you only see one of them you don't see, which no. is the guy they find. There's, so there's, it, go ahead. This is a guy that gets his leg bitten off. Die. Uh, I'm assuming so. Oh yeah. Okay. I count that cause that's when well, things carry start. carry him out and everything. Yeah. But that's like, that is when, um, that's when, uh, the old mayor starts to take things seriously. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Zach or uh, Dave. Sorry. Jesus. Wow. Sorry, sorry, Ethan Hawke. Um, wow. that is a, uh, that's hey, a good question. Ethan Hawke. I guess I never really thought about that, but I also was telling, uh, Chase the, the, uh, the fake prosthetic. My God, that looks yeah, like a real leg. It looks leg. great. Looks like a real leg. Oh, the arm, my dad too. And the I were arm talking too. About yeah. How how effective that is. Like that you 
Because that's like the closest that scene when the kids are going to the pond mm-hmm. and the shark starts going towards it, which is just such good. That's shark. probably that's probably shark. honestly my favorite shot of the shark. Is the, literally the fin shot again. Uh, the fin shot again. Yes, going yes. through. That's so saying. scary. The fin shots are, are because as we as we learn from Quint later, he's like it was about a fifteen footer. He's like you know how you measure him, Chiefy. You look at the dorsal fin to the tail fin, and it's like when you see him. No, it's foreshadowing because you don't hear Quint say that till afterwards. But when you first see that shark and you see how far the dorsal fin is from his tail yeah. fin, you're like, oh my God, that shark is tw- massive. I like 20, how he's like, it's a 20 year. And he footer. goes, he's 25. 25. 25. Yeah. I don't know how uh, many sharks. A thousand, maybe. <laughs> uh, well, let's not, let's not skip to that. To yet. that yeah. I know, I know, I know. I, I'm okay, sorry. So I, I, I get excited. About so what Robert I was Shaw. saying is I think that that is the closest you get to um, seeing the shark fully like do something yeah. active, but you don't really see what he's doing. But the shot of the leg following, falling, just like no matter what in my mind, I just saw someone's leg get bit off, even if you didn't yeah. actually see it. And, uh, and I, it's just so effective and it's incredible. Yeah. I would like to take this time to apologize to both uh, you and Chase for making you guys watch another movie where a dog dies. Yeah, dog what dies. is with you? <laughs> I, 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 I almost forgot that. Pip it. Literally, Pip-it. literally the scene happened Pip-it. and he goes, he goes, dang it. I'm like, what? He goes, another dead dog scene and i was like come on steve i don't think about that i don't think i watch i know and it's not as it's not as emotional and impactful because you never see the dog like you know the dog gets eaten but it's like it's not um yes it's not so bad they they soften the blow by just just seeing the stick float in the water which is they kill a child to distract i know and they kill a child to distract you but i also um that scene where uh it's in that scene in the pond but when he goes by michael I think that little kid does a does a stellar job of reacting to like Nothing. how would you feel if a shark just like swam by you after a, biting this man's leg off? He's but dead. I, he's dead. Yeah. No, I, he's just in shock. He's just in shock. But that scene, like the uh, when the camera like zooms past him, um, I love that scene. That whole that no, that so whole that whole beach scene. Oh, I mean the the push the push the pull. Push like, pull. Well, That's that came what I was early, that say. came. That, that was came, when Kenter died. That, yeah, so that, that was, was when Alex earlier. Kenter died. But I think, hands down, if anything, what they do really well with not showing the shark is it's camera tricks on everyone else's reactions. Yes. Yeah. As well as how everyone is feeling through the camera. And I think, honestly, that's what this movie does so well is it's telling a story through the angles, through yeah. the camera, mm. through everything else, rather than not just... Point a camera and do you shoot think, certain scenes. Shark. Do you think Spielberg set up that scene, the Kinter scene, the scene before the push pull? Yes. Which I feel like gets so much attention, but the really impressive thing that is happening right before it is every single person that passes by it jumps cut. is it a jump, cut and it's cuts. closer to yeah. Brody. Which and I, I, love I, that. I like Spielberg shot Yes. Different scenes and then like uh, and then spliced it edited it no. was like like verna fields went back and was like oh this would be cool if each time it jumps closer because it's we have so, three different I, shots i will of tell that. you or was that i think intention? i think it was his intention because if anything the reason why when people pass and gets closer to him 
it's you're in his mind of he thinks he's gonna see a shark. He is yes. so focused. Yes. And, and then when there actually way. is a huge shark thing, that's when the push pull. Because that's yes. it now going, oh fuck, it's real. It's real. It's real. And that's when that push pull happens. It's and kind of like it's a not jumpy of what we've been watching or like the jump cuts. It's now a smooth fuck it's is happening. That, and I was, the moments, the most, if not top five most famous. It's got to. I think it's I the think most famous. The most if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, famous. isn't it the first push? Yeah, we were, or we were asking about that today. Vert, like, maybe vertigo, not the first. Vertigo, yeah, vertigo. But this is the this is the one that popularized it more. Correct? Yeah, it definitely it definitely and, puts an exclamation part of like even a non film person can't quite put their finger on it, but they know they like that shot. Yeah, and like, Chase, can you um for a, a for our listeners? Gun. I like that gun. <laughs> For our listeners that don't know, uh, I know everybody knows the scene where it zooms in on uh, on uh, Brody, but Chase, can you just explain to our listeners okay. what a push-pull is? So a push-pull, let's be honest, it's the camera's on a track, so it's on a dolly. So what they do is an operator will actually zoom the lens out, so you're like zooming out while the dolly is being pushed in, or opposite, where you're pushing the dolly back and you're zooming in. So you're flattening the distance or widening the distance. So making so it, it a, a, a long shot into a wide shot, making your actual like focal points of the lens squish or widen. Yeah. yeah and it's and just it, highly it, effective. It has, it highly has effective. the effect of like usually it's done w- w- with a person, but it has the effect of like Brody's character is getting closer up while the background is somehow getting wider and further away. And, and it, it looks, just looks it, so cool. It looks crazy. Like you're like, a, um, yeah. but um. Also, I like, I can't, I guess I like, I'm not being able to, our, our listeners can't view what I'm doing, but uh, another reason why You're I like the, right now. like the, uh, <laughs> the reason why I like the, uh, he's on a dolly. Con- Steve is constantly <laughs> having a Roy Schneider, Roy Schneider, not, 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 Roy, yeah. not uh, Rob Schneider's father. Uh, he was a carrot. But, um, uh, what I also like about, he's uh, the scene kid. where, where people keep walking by and it keeps zooming in closer is I imagine that as people are walking by, Roy Schneider is trying to. Like, yeah, look, he's like he's, he's like, it, he's like trying to look comes up behind about, yeah like, and it's the, like, the parking permits or the extra parking spots but it's like that sh- those shots are like they make you feel like you're there because it's like what would you be doing if people are walking in front of you while you're trying to watch the ocean you're going to be dodging those people left and right with your head trying to catch an image of the ocean and make sure everything's okay and it's like it feels so real in that moment it just Again, like hats off to the editing in this movie, and just the sh- like we talked about the shots. But I, I, I told Chase too. I think a lot of there's a lot of good angle work. Like when they're on the boat and you see just Jaws, not like quite surface, but you can make out his body. And when like the three of them are like looking over the boat, and just to see him comparative to the boat, it's and it's scary. like it's because of the angle of the shot. They're doing like a. Uh, they're doing like a downward angle over all three of our characters' shoulders, and they're giving it kind of like, uh, they're giving it a scale. It's it's much like Richard Dreyfuss said when when he's like, he's like Brody, go to the end of the go to the end of the uh-huh. tech, and he's like he's like what? And he's like I need to get a scale for this for this photo. I need something in the foreground. He's like I'm not going out there, but uh, it's funny because it's almost it's almost meta because it's like. Well, Go ahead. One of the things Spielberg was so huge on, why he wanted to film this on the ocean, why he wanted to use a real boat with, a, with a practical functioning shark was because what you're saying, like with his with his shots, he wanted to have the humans, the boat, 
and the shark exactly. all be visible within one scene to make it real. And that's like why I guess I land more on the side of history. This is a lot more Spielberg than it is of everyone else, you know, because and I, and I think this was an incredible collaboration between incredible people. But like um, I think he was uh, like I was just reading a, a – a, a, an excerpt of Pauline Kael, who was like one of the most famous film critics at the time, like, and she could make or break your movie. It was back when like a critic could be like, your movie stinks. See? And they, and then like people would be like, this just in, don't see this movie. Right. Um, but she said after she saw Sugarland Express, he was a, like a born entertainer. And I really do think like part of his storytelling in his movies feels so inherently cinematic it just works and you don't even know why it works but he's showing you what you need to see he's letting you see reactions of people and you're wondering what are they reacting at like the the beginning of the movie when the deputy is finds the body of the girl and you see this look of horror on his face and so you're like oh my god what is it and brody gets closer and he sees it and then then it shows you and it's just like it just does such a good job of like tugging you along as a viewer. Yeah. This is like it's building popcorn it's, cinema at its finest. And I it's think. just like it's it's like uh uh it's it's the famous expression less is more, but he's just like it's the setup. He's he's it's it, he holds you in suspense. Like like even like in that first scene when you're talking about when um when the the uh, the other officer finds the body, you never see the body. You see the hand. Well, but and do you like, know what, yeah. do you know and it's I, like it's it, it's like he's constantly like he's got you like funny enough ironically he's got, he's got you. you on a fishing hook and he's yeah. just reeling you in slowly in this movie and it's like you can't you can't take your eyes off of it you're you're a fish that just saw a shiny object you want more like you want to know what this what this is and it's like he doesn't always give it to you Yes. But that's part until of, he finally gets you in, like you're off of the hook in the last twenty minutes. He's just beating you. You're to beating death. you to death. Yes, it's, it's you're suffocating for air. You're on the boat now. You're out of the water, and you're like, you're like, okay, yes. now he's giving me everything I want. And it's, it's like you see Jaws. Like a Jaws has a as has the shark itself has less than ten minutes of screen time. And I, I'd have to look this up to to make sure. I know that shortest thing. amount of screen time for any shark to be nominated for best. Yeah, shark yeah. Good job, Bruce. But um, it's uh, I would I I don't know this statistic. I know the statistic that it is less than ten minutes. Uh, but I would mm-hmm. I think that three fourths of it is in the is in the the uh, the third act of the movie. Oh yeah. You see so much of Jaws. You really like, get it. At yeah, the end. you really, especially when he's attacking the boat. My God, but well, we'll get there later. But so I, this is this is kind of what you kind of said, but I see it in a completely different way. Again, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but I definitely in this movie I can say, you know, I, I'm dyslexic, so I I visualize things in 3D space, right? You're watching watch. What? Yeah, I watched that video. Yeah. But, uh, no, I was just saying watch. It's just W-A-J. What? I'm so it's confused. It's just Jaws backwards. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, I see. That's 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 actually pretty funny. Um, no, uh, but when I was at New York Film Academy, they were telling me, like, imagine your theater. So imagine you're sitting in the theater, right? Your theater is a tiny box in your hand. The whole point of the movie is there's a window instead of the screen. 
you're showing your audience where you want to, like, what you want to show them when you want to show them. I think that, especially in this movie, Spielberg does a really good job going, okay, this is the information you need to know, but I'm not going to show you everything yet because you need to have that in the back of your mind because it's going to be more scarier in your head because you're going to be like, oh, this thing's like, like, a hundred feet big. Like, this thing's huge. This thing will fucking eat you like nothing. They'll swallow you whole, everything. And then they slowly start giving you information. Then by the end, mm. you now have a full picture of exactly what's going on, just like everyone else in the story, which makes you feel like you're a part of that, going through the same journey as the characters that you've been sitting and watching. And I think that's something that all these other shark movies don't fucking do. Uh, I, I agree 100%. And it's um it's like the old uh <clears throat> the the old Hitchcock precursor before Psycho. Nobody is allowed in this movie theater once the movie has begun because I feel like this is that's what this is. It's a very parallel to the Jaws ride at yeah. Universal. Is like you're going on a ride and it's like you're not going to like you 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 have to be in in the cabin with this audience and it's like this movie as as Dave said earlier, like, because um, I'm sure that as a young kid, I probably caught a lot of snippets on TV, but didn't sit down and watch it all the way through until I was probably like six or seven, maybe. I don't know. But yeah, like this movie is a ride. It's an experience. Like yes. you really need to feel the full weight of finally seeing Jaws. You have to experience the whole movie. Everything. Because you're, you're being built up and built up and built up. And then when you finally see this, like it's a master class in how to make a monster movie. And it's like it is a monster movie in a in a sense. It's a lot of things, um, but it it's, is it is like it's a monster movie. Yeah, it's but it's like a it's like a high cinema, the monster movie. Yes. Like it's this by all rights on paper in the seventies is a B movie. Spielberg happened to make it into a Best Picture nominee. I heard um, recently, this is a funny take on it that I hadn't really thought about, but I was watching a lot of um, <clears throat> Scream interviews uh, with the new cast. And David Arquette was asked, what's your favorite scary movie? And he goes, Jaws. And they're like, oh, like, oh really? That's like, that's like an old school answer. And he's like, well, if you think about it, Jaws is just like a slasher, but the killer is a shark. And I'm like, oh, my God. I never really predates thought it. the slasher. It does too. predate the slasher. You know, it mm-hmm. predates your your Halloweens, your Friday the Thirteenth, your Nightmare on Elm Street, your Screams. It predates all mm. of that. But he's like he David Arquette says in the interview, we wouldn't have slashers without Jaws. And I'm like, I never really th- thought about that. Now there's other there's other horror movies like Peeping Tom or whatever where yeah. where like people so are killed. So there's Peeping Tom and there's yeah. like Psycho a little yeah, bit Psycho. Of, where, of where you get this. But honestly, like. You're seeing the killer's point of view a lot. A lot. Movie, which like is something a, that wasn't like totally popular. Right. Other than Peeping Tom. Halloween, and, and, which yeah. is two years later, four years later. Th- what is Halloween? Th- th- I thought it was 78, nine. I want to say 79. Uh, uh, yeah. We should know. We I, a I freaking podcast on this. It. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, it's an interesting take. Uh, um, kudos. I agree. David Arquette. And also, like, I, that. Um, 78. Yeah, seventy. There we go. The Bill Gardner head floating scene is straight horror. Like it does, like 
it it's a jump scare before I am familiar with any jump scares. It got like me today. It, you, it, 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 I don't know what it, it got. Me. It got it my gets, cat. It Leia gets me every time. I don't. I told and Chase she jumped when that happened. Yeah, and I was like, Jesus, like, Max, she scared jump. me. And of course, it's the sw- yeah. I can't hear. It's the <laughs> it's the it's of course like it's it's a collaboration of like uh, the sound. angling, the sound because it's like you know the music swells Which, and. Hits a uh, a crescendo like right when, which is uh, why I say it's and it's also not even using a music. It's using like a like it's a sound effect from like the ring almost. Like it's like, like it's, it's not even a, it's, yeah. It's like a musical note. It's like somebody like yeah, like messing up nor- on a violin. It's, like, it's yeah, yeah. It's not musical or natural to the scene itself because you can't hear anything underwater. So it, it it literally is a manufactured jump scare. Which are things that I typically hate. Like, yeah, me too. I, I'm not a big I fan of jump in a scares. Horror movie where the music is what scares you because it's like, well, that's not even on fucking screen. You're just being loud at me. But this works. Like, it just works. And because you're just, you're not expecting it. And uh, and I don't know. I I, I think it's you don't think Hooper's going to die early in the movie. And you're like, uh, you know, maybe Jaws is going to show up, but I'm, you're not expecting a head to pop out. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, Chase, uh, Chase, you, you, uh, you said this, but also just like uh, inherently, I think in like real life, like the water is far more terrifying the yeah. ocean at night than it is during the day because you can't see anything. And you're in this, like humans are foreign to like, we're not water dwellers. Like, so it's like, you know, you throw a human being in a, in a, um, atmosphere that they're not completely in control of. You can't breathe underwater for very long without a use of another instrument. And so it's like, there's just so much working for that scene. It's just like, you're, it's, it's somebody that's out of their, not necessarily out of their element, but we're like, again, well, we're not, is. we're not fish. I mean, so it's, it's like, we, it's so like you put, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna, I was just going to say, apparently like, when you're young, most kids are always afraid of the dark, correct? And that's because we are always afraid of what we don't know. When you start not being afraid of the dark anymore, it's pretty much because you are comfortable in the area that you're in and you know yes. everything it's in familiar. your area is safe and familiar. Yeah. The sea? The unknown. The sea? What is it? I don't know the statistics, but we don't even know, like... A certain percentage, percentage of, like of what the fuck surface, is in yeah. the sea. Like uh, we know only, less about the ocean than we do space. And that's crazy to me. That is crazy to me. So I will say I'm definitely afraid of the ocean. Like I will go to the sea. I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll go on a boat. I feel like that, that can't be a true statistic though. Because what if what if there's a oh dude there's a so many out there with an ocean on it. <laughs> I think we know that's, I think, just, that's space oceans. I think if anything, we know more about our universe than I guess Steve's not here. To, to well, he's right here. He's that. just he's just out of frame. Could he hear that though? Uh, probably not. <laughs> he can hear me. So what about space? What about space oceans, Steve? What's that? What if we have space oceans? Oh, space God. oceans. <laughs> space that would oceans. be even scary. Uh, like we, we we wouldn't know shit about a space ocean. That's true. That's but true. Wait, but um, I mean, like we do. Uh, you know, that's a, that's a that's a true. Fa- like Neil deGrasse Tyson um, has said that too. But there is we have discovered more about space than we know about our deepest oceans. We've which gone is, further up than we've gone further. It, down. Which is crazy. Like that is wild to. to and I mean, it, it's a this movie is a perfect storm of like, what are you afraid of? And it's yes. like, it's a perfect storm. It's like, again, like this movie, um, I told Chase and I was like, I, I think it's the reason why that, that scene 
is so effective and why it got rated number one of all time, like scariest scenes in horror movies is because what were people's reaction after seeing Jaws? Nobody wanted to go in the water. Uh This is a movie that made people afraid to go into the water. And it's like that didn't just when you thought it was was safe safe to to go back into the water. Yeah. Jaws two came in. Yeah. And then it's like, it it did, it did for, yes, it did. It did for beaches. What psycho did for showers. Like it's, you know what I mean? Like, cause I I remember watching, I would argue if, if, if spacecrafts existed, what aliens did for space. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. yeah. These jaws and alien are very close to me of, Movies that I get severe anxiety thinking about. Well, it's because like, you don't know. It's the unknown. You don't yeah, know space what is it's terrifying like. yeah. and the sea is terrifying. I would um, never. I Okay. Weird question. Would you rather go to the deepest depths of the ocean or go into space? Space. Uh, yeah, space. Like, space? are we talking Jeff Bezos going to space or like? Yeah, uh, I'm no, talking about like what are deep we, yeah, space exploration. Deepest depths of this the is, oceans is. Do you much know what I mean? This is what, this is what like, I'm going to say, Chase. I would, I would rather, go to the moon. Even no, I would I'm rather, talking. I'm talking about like if you were in like let's say let's say you're in the same situations that they are either in Jaws or uh-huh. the same. As in alien, like, All right. would you rather is, be in what? I think for me, this is no, my perfect answer. This is my perfect answer. I think it. I think it, I think you all agree. In space, if something goes wrong, you're fucked. Not that. No, wait. If no, say you lose, extreme. say say you lose, you, you you're not with your craft anymore. You're gonna be spinning in space, the the literal black abyss of space for three days before you die. If something's that happened to you underwater, you're gonna die in less than five minutes. I'll take the water. Do you know what? I'll take That's the water. That's true. Because I'll could, take the water. You, you could just end up floating in the well, sea. Well, forever. no, 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 no. Chase said deepest, deepest depths oh, of sea. Well, you're not if you're escaping. In a, if you're in a submarine, in a submarine, like yeah. But I pictured we're in a spacecraft when we're in space. Well, yeah, but I'm saying if you're detached from your space, like I mean, like what if you, like if anything Clooney happens? What if, well, I mean, like all right. So let's say a boat gets rammed by a shark or something and then you're floating in the ocean i don't know i find that a little less scary than than like I guess, being trapped in outer space but okay like that's so let's let's far say far like, more terrifying let's to say me. you are in a submarine like you're deep deep submarine like what was what was that was it deep waters with uh kirsten stewart oh is it the one where they're f- oh no oh uh that was um was, is that called deep waters or no, something? It's called, something uh, meters underwater. down, underwater. Or underwater. The reason I was thinking, when is Kirsten Dunst in a, in a submarine movie? But um, you said you said you said uh, Kirsten Stewart, and I was thinking Kirsten Dunst. Um, I don't know. But just, like, would you rather be like in an area you're stuck underwater? So no matter what, you can't leave either one because it's either you're in space or you're in fucking water. That is also. The gravity down there is so bad well, yeah, that you a, would be crushed. You'd be crushed. Yeah, and that, that's that's what if I'm thinking I was of. Is dying, like, I would rather die in space. If if you're dying at the end of either of these scenarios or both of these yeah. scenarios, I think I would rather die in the glory of space than like something like with like a glowing like antenna eyeball like eating me alive. Like, yeah, I just I don't know. That's a, that's a that's a that's a toughie. Looking at but, Earth or something, and your eyes like Schwarzenegger from Total Recall. Just head, blow out. You know? yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus. Sounds peaceful. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a. <laughs> there's a. 
there's a couple lines in this movie that got me again. It's always the part where, uh, <laughs> and it's because of Pete Davidson. Um, I have to what, give him what credit kind for this. Of, what kind of oh, shark? What? <laughs> what kind of shark is that? Is it's a it's a tiger shark? <laughs> a what? <laughs> that okay, one in so- the, uh, the 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 mayor saying uh, <laughs> where he's like. Uh, He's you got Richard Dreyfus, Mr. Matthew Hooper talking to uh, Brody, and he's like, "If we want to know what's inside that shark, we got to cut it open." And then the mayor's like, "I'll be damned if we cut that thing open and the Kittner boy spills out on the dock." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just think it's it's uh it's it's like uh, Pete See Davidson that described, Kittner boy spill out all over the, the dock. dock. Yeah, and it's uh Pete Davidson's like nobody talks like that anymore. And he's like, um, but uh, I love both of those lines. They held up. They both made me I, made me chuckle. I. Because of you pointing out the, uh, what? I never noticed that until you told me that scene, basically. And so, like, this time when I watched it, and I feel like the last time when you and I watched this movie, we weren't talking about that bit yet. So I don't think so. I didn't even notice it last time. But this time when I saw the, oh, what guy, I was, like, really excited. But I also, like, in my mind thought he was just in it for, like, two seconds. So did I. And, and then Chase pointed it out. the next scene. And yeah. He, Chase is like, like, isn't that him? And goes, I was like, I think it he is. He goes from the being the, oh, what guy to, like, completely different accent. And he's like, what is this bite radius crap? How would I stuff your freaking head in there and see if it's a man eater? Like, he turns into, like, a thug. like, And it's just like, Which, where did we, this, like, do- mean guy come from the... Oh, what do, do we, uh, do we know? Is that a real shark? That looked like a real shark. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Is I, that a real shark say, they have hanging up? I don't know. I will say I did laugh at like how it doesn't have any teeth as they're pulling on. They're like, yeah, this is the thing that killed right, it. Right. I also love in that we got to touch on the, on the, uh, before we leave it completely is that night scene when Brody and him go out is, uh, what is so crucial in that scene is that Rich, is that Matthew Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfus, keeps that tooth and he loses it, and that is the only bit of evidence that the mayor is asking about. And he's like, "Oh, so you know it's a you know it's a a, a great white? Show me the tooth." I, I don't I found don't, the tooth I, the size of a shot no, glass. He's like, "Oh, okay, so you have you have the tooth? I I dropped it, and it's like that is." Such a crude way. You don't realize it. I, I think I realized it this time, but I was like, I mean, the, I've never thought about. Yeah, that. but it's like that is such a crucial piece oh. of evidence because the mayor's in denial. But obviously. I feel like the Dude, mayor that's... should have still been like, well, if you actually saw this tooth and you're actually screaming at me, maybe we should shut down this. Well, that's... let's but let's be honest. It's like, you know what's weird this time around with this mayor? I was it's almost COVID. like, um, yeah, I was almost. That was weird. It is weird, but it's also like. Um, if you were in his position, would you act any differently? Because he's the mayor of a summer town that thrives on its beach dwellers and yeah. its beach. So well, it's like, it's like, yeah, it he's he's played off as a jerk. He is kind of played off as a jerk. He does have a redeeming moment where he finally signs the paper, but I, I mean, it's like it's a little think- bit too late, but. I think the he Kittner gives, kid gets yeah. it. The yes. Kidner kid gets That's it. That's when he yeah. becomes a villain. Yes, absolutely, and it's um. Yeah. It's it's just it's it's weird because it's like I don't I didn't hate him as much this time around. I was like well, I the weird thing I was looking at it through was like the covid lens, which is unfortunate that like I feel like everything is always going to be like that. But looking at it this time was like it was crazy because Brody is a chief of police. Um which and I didn't know. I caught, I caught this line the first. Did you catch this line? He's like, "This is your first summer." I didn't. I didn't even. I never yeah, picked that. I knew one. that. I knew oh, it yeah, was I his did, first summer. I did not pick that um, that up before. 
Yeah, he's been there for about like eight months. Right, they right. say they live there. They moved in the fall. Right. But um, but the, the way looking at it is that like Chief Brody is like this like authoritative figure who is put it together like this is this is a shark attack. We can't have shark attacks here because then people are gonna die. Children are gonna die. So I'm shutting this shit down. And all it takes is another person who in his mind should be in charge. Like this person is more authoritative than me. Like he's the mayor. Like he knows what's going on. And once even the coroner says, yeah, it actually was a boat. And he's like, that's not what you said to me. And he's like, well, that's what I'm saying now. Brody's quickly like, okay, like, I guess that's, because like he doesn't, because well, he doesn't, he doesn't know any better. Like, and it's uh, yes, yeah, and, he doesn't and know. I feel any like better. it's just such a huge example of like who the fuck is actually in charge ever, and that's like what life is now. It's like we're just trusting people to say things, and everyone's arguing over everything, and it's like we just believe that someone in a power position is going to make the right decisions. The right you know what? decision. Do you know what's weird, Dave? And, I, it, and it doesn't happen. And that's why the scene when Miss Kittner slaps Brody is so powerful because he is all of a sudden realizing, I am partly responsible for this. Absolutely. Not, I'm putting the full weight on which, me because I listened to someone else who I thought was making the right I, decisions. Which and says here we are, you know, like, Yo, how many COVID deaths in this country? It's like kind of feels like the same thing. Like, well, do you know what's weird, Dave? Macro level. I kept when while you were saying that, I thought the same thing. And do you know what kind of like it? What is it called? Relates to or kind of like mirrors off of is don't look up, where it's literally the same situation of there's something that's going to destroy the planet instead of just this town, and literally the president is like, nah. Yeah. Don't worry about you it. We, we have greedy bastards. We, we, we're fine. We're fine. We, yeah. we, we can do this. Just yeah. don't, it's don't ign- look up. Ignoring the problem. Yeah. It's ignoring and the problem, but it's, it's definitely like prolonging that whole the inevitable. It's whoever has power will literally use their power to see it in any way they want. Not, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. And I, I love like Matthew, uh, Matthew Hooper, uh, Richard Dreyfuss character. Agree just, 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 yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Very good parallel. You're right. Um, scary too when you think about it because it's like uh if this was to happen in real life if you have that kind of mayor running your town like uh like i said it's like i i there is no uh disbelief in my mind that that is how a real mayor of like a small island town would act i feel in like this it scenario. would though yeah like, I, I feel like he would act like that like he would be like we got to think about the summer sales. We're not a town without the summer sales. We're a summer town. We're we all this. family businesses. And that's, that's so that's that's an added layer to this movie of just like it's it's that's another thing that's scary. They're letting these people go into the water, yes. <laughs> no, which I don't know. Like Michael, I don't know why Michael wanted to go in the water because uh, yeah. there's that funny or scene. Why though. Brody let him, but it's or, that yeah. kind of thing of like I trust the people. In I charge, trust the people in charge, and, it, and it's it's what I love so much about Matthew Hooper's character is he really is like a um, when he comes in, it's like uh, is when Brody starts to change his opinion because you know he sees the body. Classic scene. I love the scene where he's like uh, he's like all right, let me see the remains of the body. They open up the drawer and it's literally just like a little tote. Tub. Yeah. With with yeah. her remains, which is just the, the torso to the head, and she's missing an arm, and then he's like, uh, I mean, immediately he's like, this is this is not a boating accident, and it's like Brody looks in shock, like he's like, I did. And I, he also 
glares the fuck down to the coroner. The coroner. Who yeah. looks at the it coroner looks straight like, down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but it's like, and uh, and Brody is just is uh, is an innocent bystander at this point because he doesn't he doesn't know. Like yeah. when they ask him early in the movie, you know, uh, the, the the kid on the beach that was last with our with our girl before our, our first girl that dies. Uh, he's like, oh, are you, an, are, are you an islander? And he's like, oh no no no, I'm from uh, no, he's from New York. Brody. No, he's 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 from Hartford. The kid that he's talking. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. And then the uh, bro- yeah. he asked Brody. He's like, "Are you an Islander?" And he's like, "No, I'm from New York." And he says it real quick, but it's a it's it's a very important line. Like, he's not used to this. Like, he's, he's well, it comes back later too. When, right when uh, his wife is asking, "What does it take to be an Islander?" And she's and like, like, "You'll you never be born You'll here. Never you be. can't." Yeah, and that's part of like the. You're t- like you're so right. That's like part of why he allows what happens to happen is because he's an outsider, and it is because he's like, well, you're telling me this is your livelihood. Like this, like all the money in the year comes from these twelve yeah. weeks or whatever. Exactly. So I'm not and gonna fuck with this and new sheriff, you know, or the new chief. Like, right. He's just trying to do right, and he's just. I mean, he's such a. Um, He's a classic hero of this of this story. I love Roy Scheider in this movie. Um, I also love him in. Um, have you ever seen the movie Marathon Man uh, with uh, mm-hmm. Dust? Have you seen it? Yes, yeah, I have. Yeah, not. He's, uh, he's also really good in that. But um, what is the famous line from that? I don't. Remember. I'm a marathon man. Is it man. safe? Is it safe? Um, but yeah, um, he's good in that. He's I, good in the French Connection. French Connection, of course, seen that. of course, yep. of course. His final movie mm-hmm. was The Punisher. He played Tom Jane's father. Oh, Tom. Dude, I was about to say I've only seen four of his movies, but I guess that would make five. Yeah, but another was... incredible uh, movie, which is like, which kind of marks the end of the '70s era of auteurs having full control. Like, this is after auteurs went crazy, which Francis Ford Coppola's movie was Apocalypse Now, but um. The French Connection Exorcist director William Freakin makes this movie called Sorcerer yes. about these guys that are in like the jungle somewhere after like an oil field explodes and it's just on fire and they need to put dynamite in it to like blow it up and stop it from burning and the only dynamite is like way the fuck far away so like um, they have to take these like trucks over these bumpy ass roads through the jungle to get the dynamite to the place. And Roy Scheider is one of the drivers. Yeah. And it's such a good movie, um, but it was a famously nightmarish, uh, shoot. Reminds me of a, a very horrible movie, but, um, um, that same line is relative to that scene where it's, a. Uh, uh, it's the wild, wild West with Will Smith, but they're, uh, in the beginning, they're transporting uh, nitro, and it's on horseback, and he like he, he jumps onto the carriage, and he opens up the crate and realizes it's nitro, and he goes, "This is not the way you transport nitro." And it's uh, a, <laughs> it's uh, reminds me of that seed from uh, the from Sorcerer. But uh, um, another Such a good movie. Another parallel I have is, uh, uh, and I told you guys about not this. The Wild Wild West. No, no, no not no, the no, Wild no. Wild West. I'm sorry I even brought that up. That movie is an abomination. But um, I thought that that one line in particular is pretty funny. Um, Another movie is uh, it's called The Deep with Nick Nolte, and I believe it came out in '78. I will fact check '77. Um, very similar style movie, riding off of the wave of Jaws, uh, but it's like in Bermuda, two amateur treasure hunting divers have a run-in with local criminals when they inadvertently discover the secret cargo of a World War II shipwreck. 
And then, but it's like, that's not the important part. When they get down there, it's like there's, there's eels and there's other like, um, sea creatures creatures that they have to, um, encounter with. And I guess, I don't know. I think that the jaws probably popular popularized, um, the sea tail, um, in cinema. I mean, there was some, you know, there was four, uh, the 20,000 leagues under the sea, um, before this, which, uh, Jules Verne fun fact, the, uh, um, the, from the that movie, um, not the book, uh, the special effects, the guy that created the creatures for 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea um, came out of retirement to make the shark in this movie. Yes. Oh, yes, shit, I yeah. didn't know that. I remember you telling me that, yeah, which is very interesting. But, um, yeah, this movie, I think uh, there's a couple other movies. I won't look them up right now. Um, but that that tried to ride the coattails of uh, of Jaws just because it was just a massive hit, massive success. Piranhas, per- Piranhas, which did yeah, it was a bit of a schlockier. Um, when we, what year did that come out? Was that eighty one or eighty? Definitely in the eighties. Yeah, um, but yeah, and it's like if you look at the poster for Piranha, it's literally the Jaws poster parodied. It's like a woman on a raft with a bunch of piranhas underneath the water coming up at her. Oh, I thought like, I thought that was the new piranhas. That's the original poster. Yeah, if too. you look at the original poster, it's very similar. I'll look it up right now. But yes, um, yes, it is. So wow. it, yeah, it's a. It's just like this movie, and if you look at um, the poster for the deep. Uh, is anything worth the terror of the deep? And it's kind of similar where it's like you have the water at the top and then you have somebody swimming towards the top, but it's just that, that classic imagery. Like we, what I keep talking about, but um, it is important to keep talking. About. I've seen like, there's just, there's shirts. The most famous shirt I've seen is one that says pause and it's a cat underwater, like swiping at somebody or whatever. Um, yeah. But it's just been parodied uh, all throughout. Um, another one I'll use for, I think every, movie we've covered this i've asked dave this question but is there a parody in the simpsons of of jaws yeah so it's just like i think that's a key (laughs) it's like if if simpsons have parodied it they they parody um, a lot of classic there's this podcast uh called unspooled i don't know if you guys know who paul Shear is he's a bald guy that's in like the league I, oh, oh yeah, I yeah, do yeah. know him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. He's great. He's he got the gap. Yeah. Gap in his teeth. Yes. 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 Yeah. He's great. Andre. Actor. Andre. Andre. Like, yeah. One of the great comedians of our times, but um, he's just in a lot of good stuff. But um, he does this, a uh, podcast called unspooled where they, the first premise of the podcast, they've moved past it now was they did the AFI top 100 and every single episode that was a running theme of like, all right, does this like officially count as a good movie unless the Simpsons made a reference? Yeah, for it? I, I think that and they always play the Simpsons reference at the end of the episodes. It's funny you said that. I but mean, because I never a good tell. I never um, made that connection. I literally came up with that as we were watching um, these yeah. classics. I was like, um, Dave, has this been parodied in the Simpsons? Because I feel like that is it. That is a excellent tell. Of, well, uh, I've told you several times that so much of my like cinema knowledge and my cinema language and everything came from The Simpsons. The Simpsons showed me what the movies were referencing before I knew the movies they were referencing. Like I knew The Shining bits because of The Simpsons. You know, I knew 2001. I feel like I'm just gonna start listing off Cooper's, but it was one. like it, it was like The Simpsons showed me all of these references, and I didn't know what they were referencing at the time. And then as I got older and into movies, I was like, oh. Well, what, you, what was That's the why I love uh, rewatching it so much? What was the Jaws parody? Was it an early episode or was it? 
<laughs> He's wearing a Simpsons shirt right now, ladies, um, ladies and gentlemen. I I don't know. I'm sure it was just a musical score. Okay, um, okay, yeah, musical cue. I can't specifically remember, bum, bum, and I'm bum, sure they've done bum. several as well. Um, um, but let's get a let's uh let's maybe get into the character of Quint because that's a uh, is it Quint or Quinn? It's Quint. 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 Tint. Okay. Quint. Yeah, Q-U-I-N-T, I believe is how they spell his name. Can, but um, I also say these guys are like the three horsemen of yes. cool-ass names in movies. Yes. We got Brody, Quint, and Hooper. Those yeah. are just cool. I would name my sons any of those names. I, I would like, name my son Brody. Dog. I'd name my son Brody Quint Hooper, and that's not even my last name. But uh, uh, one, more <laughs> last bit, one more last bit of knowledge. Uh, Robert Shaw is also in the movie The Deep. With Nick Nolte. Oh, um, okay. But, um, Nick Nolte. So there, I've only seen three movies with Robert Shaw, and that is Black Sunday, another good movie I would, I would I highly suggest about a, uh, it's, um, it's a terrorist and a blimp at the Super Bowl, and they wow. basically take over the stadium. It's a, it's an, it's a, it's a, it's a fun movie. I also own the, the Classic novel. Classic terrorist and a blimp. Like yeah, yes, Super yes. But uh, <laughs> but it was. What uh, is this movie called? It's called Black Sunday, and it was a original novel. They adapted into a movie. The novel was written by Thomas Harris. I'd be, I'd love to watch it with you, Chase. It's a, I would hundred percent. I tried watch to. That. Dave and I never got around to it, but I've seen three movies with Robert. Yeah, Shaw. I never denied. You, you told I know. me that your dad I know. liked that movie, and I was we like, know. Yeah, I'd watch. We just we couldn't were probably find talking it. about Robert Shaw. Yeah, too. we just couldn't find it, and it's a. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Robert Shaw, I've seen him in The Deep. I've <gasps> seen him Paramount. in Paramount. Black Sunday, and I've seen him in Jaws, but I uh, in all three movies. No, nah, he's a Bond villain. Oh, he's also yeah. a Bond villain. You're right. You're right. He's in uh, from Russia with Love. Um, you're right. And you're he's right. a good Bond villain. Yes, he's he is. like a, one of the good. Like he remember he knows how to fight real well. Yeah, he's, he's on the, tra- the in it too. The, tra- the train scene is is iconic. That's Wait, one of the. He's he's the one that opens up. With him killing Bond, right? Yes, and yes. Bond's yes. wearing like a, yes. it's like a training yard yes. or whatever. Wow, Dave. Yeah, that's one of the better Bond movies also in, in history is from Russia with Love. That's a great yeah, Bond sure. movie. But that's a great train scene, you know, and then he opens the briefcase, which has the smoke bomb in it or whatever when he's fighting Robert Shaw, Sean Connery. But um, uh, I, I, another one of those guys that um, I haven't seen him in anything where I don't like his performance. Mm-hmm. Like his perform, like Robert, Sh- and I think he is the he, other. Is he Irish? I want to say uh, he's, he's English. I he's think. English. Okay, he is. He is of like you know, like UK or right. Um, um, but, but he's but, character uh, right off the bat. Go ahead. He he's also um, in the Sting, which is probably why oh, he got. I've not seen that. Um, this job was because the producers, uh, Zanuck and Brown, it's what the movie starts, it opens. This is like Zanuck and Brown production. Um, that was the, the Sting won Best Picture, I think two years before this or a year before this. Um, and, uh, and, um, Yes. What was that? Can you type that to me? So yeah, I yes, 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 yes. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I don't know how to do that. Yeah, um, that's good. I liked it. But so Robert Shaw was in that, and it, I find it interesting because like they were one of the people that suggested it to to Spielberg, and I wanted to go over some of the different casting choices um, because they're kind of crazy. Uh, Spielberg originally wanted. Lee Marvin, I believe, for Quint. Um, and I think he called, he contacted Lee Marvin, and he was actually on a fishing trip. And he's oh. like, no, I like to actually fish. 
for fun, not for movies. I don't want to. I don't want you to hey, ruin that, my fishing uh, trip. That, that's fine though. I I love the I love the casting in this well, that's movie. That's what's crazy too, because this is another one that I actually would have enjoyed, but um, it's crazy to think about. But Sterling Hayden, who is uh, you guys have seen Doctor Strange of, obviously, right? He's yeah. The, yeah. He's the guy that goes like fucking crazy, the general that like locks oh. down, like locks Peter Sellers in the room. Yes, he and, finds like, him with a Coke machine or whatever. Yes, yeah, which yes, he, yes. I could picture, he has some Quint energy for sure. Okay. Um, he's also the main character, or he's the guy that almost gets away in Kubrick's The Killing. Um, he has that fucking awesome airport scene at the yes. end. Yeah. Is he the one him. with the briefcase with the dog? Yes. Uh, opens yes. It up. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and then he's also in the Godfather in the famous scene where Michael Corleone shoots. Oh yeah. Dude. In the diner and um, yes. right. When he gets the, the gun restaurant. from the toilet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but so there's that. And then a name that it's crazy because I knew at one point this person was real, but I had no idea what he was real for, but they were calling all Jan Michael Jensen's for, uh, for Hooper's role. Uh, Jan Michael Jensen is a is a Rick and Morty joke where the, randomly when they're watching like intergalactic cable, it's, there's like a commercial that's just like it's Michael Vincent, Jan Michael Jensen. No, calling it's Michael Jan Michael Jensen. It's Michael Vincent's calling all Jan Michael Jan Michael Vincent's. Yes. Okay, so yeah, it's whatever that guy's name is, but uh, he was originally like wanted for Hooper because he was just like a young, good looking guy. Um. And they ended up going with um, Richard Dreyfus, obviously. And then one of the weird choices that, like, I feel like would have changed everything um, was um, Charlton Heston wanted to be Brody. And Spielberg actually pushed against that because he's like, you're too much of an icon. Like, you're... Charlton Heston like I I don't really when, want you to overshadow was, this movie whose star is the shark was Scheider um what year the French connection come out 72 so Scheider was, done was established connection. by now yes okay yeah. all right um because I wasn't sure when did when did he do um his other big one um geez, why am I not being able to think of it right now uh, Marathon Man. When, Mar- when is that Marathon Man came out in seventy six? I think it was before this. Also, it might have been actually. Which is, I yeah. know he had a few big titles. No, this so, so was seventy six. Yeah, he that's what I thought. Year big after titles before this movie, though. Um, so like he was an appealing guy, and I feel like especially to Spielberg, who is like very envious of his movie brat friends. He was like, "Ooh, I can get Schneider's." Shiders, and I, I yeah, it's um, it's funny because it's it, like you look up Roy Scheider, and uh, and fittingly so, his IMDb picture is him as is uh as Chief Brody, Brody. and his number yeah. one movie on IMDb is Jaws. Jaws, and absolutely because he's like I mean it's if you don't know who Roy Scheider is, you would identify like if you, someone showed a picture, you'd be like, oh, it's Chief Brody, that's Chief uh, Martin Brody from uh, from Jaws, um, just a recognizable face. He's got a. He has a, a he has a chief face. Yeah, he's got a good chief face. Um, but I guess um, that that hospital scene is is probably um, I wouldn't say that the, the the guy getting his leg bitten off is the inciting incident, but it's like it's 
at that point that they start to take this a little bit more serious. And it's because that's it's, when, that's it when attacks it, it them. Turns. In yeah, yeah, it turns. It's yeah. like, that's it's right before a, we get to the boat. Such a great scene too, because he's like, just sign this contract. Um, we'll hire Quinn. He tell him? He, he's like, he's like, what are you talking about? You're the mayor of shark, shark city or whatever. Yeah. It's like really funny when he says it. Um, but yes, he gets on the contract to hire Quinn. And then it's like, this movie doesn't even wait. Like for like, oh, no, we got to see that scene. It's no. a J cut. Like you hear Quinn start saying $10,000, $200 a day, even if I get the thing or not. And then like you hear him say that as we're still in the hospital, then it goes to that scene. Yeah, which I love like, J cuts. I just, love J cuts, but that's a, that's a brilliant J cut. And it's just I like the Robert Shaw show from there. Yeah. Like, and it's, and, and that first, that, um, that first scene in the boathouse uh, right before they get on the boat, tells you so much about how things are going to go on the boat in one scene. It's uh, it's that Quint has no respect for Matthew Hooper. He thinks of him as yeah. like this. He's like, oh, you young college kids studying all this. You got all this fancy technology or whatever. And then you, you have Brody, who's kind of reluctant, but he's like, Wait, well, I have to he go. This is out of it. Yeah, yeah. He's like, this is my charter, but he's kind of the neutral man where he's just trying to keep the peace and he just wants to get this yeah. damn shark. But it's... It, it, it hi- that scene does such a good job of like highlighting like their characters and how and how, to- and how the rest of this movie is going to play out, how they're going to interact with each other. Because Matthew Hooper obviously doesn't like Quint. He kind of, I don't need to, I don't need to stand for this working class hero stuff when he's like, yes. uh, what I forget the line Quint delivers right before saying, he says, "You don't make me feel." He's like, "Look at your hands, the hands, the know, hands." You yeah, have no work in your hands. Yeah, you know? so he's like, "Oh, you're a city boy. You've been too busy counting your money." Um, yes, but, yes. And then he, um, uh, you know, right he's before like, that, which some I apricot brandy, which I like because, uh, and there's a there's a scene that comes later on where they gain each other's mutual respect, and I, and I know you guys With know the that scars. scene, yes. yeah. But um, so I I just love this scene because it's like. At first, they, they realize they have nothing. They don't. They don't think they have anything in common. And it's like, uh, you know, they both have each other. They both have their own reasons for not liking each other. But he like asked him to tie the knot, and he's like, I haven't been. I haven't had to had to do a sp- basic sailormanship in uh, in a while. And he yeah. ties the knot perfectly. And it's funny because I think the scene is. I think it's a bit of a mistake, but Steven Spielberg probably just kept rolling. But it's when he throws the rope at Robert Shaw and Quint doesn't really catch it. It kind of just <laughs> falls on him and then he throws it off of him and he looks really yeah. angry and then he goes and grabs his hands. But I feel like it works perfectly because he's like, see, I could do it. You little, well, do you, know what's, do you know what's kind of funny? And I you don't know. Tie if, a knot. I bet you guys did catch this, but I didn't until this time. It's the same knot he has to do when he's tying up the uh, barrels. So when he's and like, "Where too, are you? Where are you?" Too well, and he's yes, taking a yes. slow time. Don't and, wait for me. Yeah, but you Love saw it. how fast he did it in yeah. the beginning. That now he's taking a while. It's more like, "Holy shit! What the fuck's going on? Just do it." I, I um, like it. I like it a lot. I love that scene. Yes, me too. That's. But uh, that also, I think the most exciting scene, like in the movie, is that scene you're talking about, and it's another use of just good camera visual storytelling where you know exactly what's going on and it hasn't been like spoon fed to you of like this harpoon's going to go into the shark and the rope has to be tied to the barrel like no one is feeding you that it's just showing you that and it's such like 
the intensity of that scene is so great. And like, I like I how they, they are so prepared, but now they're not like, they're actually like, Oh shit, this is real. Like we have to now. Yes. And now it's like, they they're really all over the mess place. of things. Yeah. Is what I was going to ask you guys, if you agree that they just kind of like, by the end of it, they're like, by the end of their like barrel fiasco, they've really just made such a fucking mess. Well, that's why the I entire like, ship. I like at one point Quinn literally just goes, well, uh, all my tricks are dead. What What about, like, what, what yeah. does your toys do? Which is like- funny because in the beginning, you know, when he's like, ah, I love it. But it, when they're loading the uh, the shark cage, like, Quint doesn't know what it is. And it's because yeah. Quint's like a classic sailor. Like, you don't he's like, like, you gotta go in that cage with a shark. Yeah. So you get, cage go in the water. You go you in the go cage. In the <laughs> shark in the water. Shark in the water. <laughs> but farewell, me Spanish ladies. And it's a... Uh, uh, it's one of my, one of my favorite uh, character to character dynamics is is Quentin Hooper. Like they're uh, they're little like uh, they're little squirrels with each other, and they're just like they're 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 uh, back and they're forth. Little, they're back and forth is just it's. I love the part. You know, they of course, steal the show for the last. They, they do, but the part where uh, I know I remember specifically you and I cracking up, but it cracks me up every time. when he's like, he's like, I can tell you, you have a college education. You don't know how to admit when you're wrong, and then. Richard Dreyfus does the faces, <laughs> does the faces at him, and, yeah. and does the punch. And then when he's like, when he's up, when he's up top, he's like Hooper, uh, uh, you punch it, Hooper. I, and he's like, he's I, like, I, I don't I can't take this abuse any longer. I don't know yeah. who's he doing a uh, impersonation of there. I can't take this abuse any longer. I forget. I don't, I don't know if he's doing like an impersonation of Shaw. Like, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Robert but, Shaw, um, but of Quint, I guess. Yeah, their little their their little uh, beefs are. Uh, I guess hilarious, they didn't the get force. along very well, um, which is perfect um, because it's that, it works. Yeah. It works in the movie. Like, I believe Shaw gave it. him like a, a quite a bit of shit, and it was kind of similar things of like Robert Shaw was like a very classically cha- trained like theater actor who had been in tons of movies at that point. Like he really cut his teeth because know that expression. Yeah. Needs yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I heard that last time about the, uh, about the uh, cutting teeth, but um, interesting to, to note too, that uh, Richard Dreyfus is the only one of the three that's still alive. Richard Dreyfus is also, uh, well, how old do you think he is? Steve? Don't, don't, don't look it up. With Richard Dreyfus. You know, it's well, yeah. funny. He looks old you- in this movie. Like he really does, and yes. uh, I would guess he's, he's younger p- than both of us. Who? What? Oh, I was like, he is yes, younger than in both the of movie. Yes. In yes, the yes. I was about to say, Dave. <laughs> I know we went to yeah. film school, but no. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I would guess. Okay, so if he was younger than both of us, he's probably born in fifties. So he's probably about the age of my. I would say seventy. Yeah, so he's maybe like like sixty. No, in the movie, I'm saying. I know, I know, but I'm I'm also I'm I'm saying I'm guessing by your context clues. You're not letting me look this up. I'm guessing Richard Dreyfus was probably like twenty five when this movie came out. Maybe I don't. Twenty six when they're making it. Okay, so so, okay, okay, all right. So I I wasn't too far off. Blows my mind that he's younger than me now. It's yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, well, um. But he I, looks like an old man. Well, though. he's got like, some gray hair. He he's got some gray hairs too. Like if you look at yes. his beard and his hair, like he's got gray hairs already. But, but um, I guess he's like a seventies thirty. Yeah. But um, I think uh, yeah, like right off the bat, like you said, like uh, once they get on the sea, it's nonstop. That last hour of the movie is you just, can't is you tense, can't stop watching. Edge of your seat, like. 
I mean, like every time that Jaws appears, it's not long before he appears again. Like it's like Do that you one. Think Go ahead. He was. He did appear that first time. Who what do you, do you think was right? Oh, that when he catches the, the uh, remember when Quint first catches something and he's like, it's yeah. not the shark. He's like, just let it go, Quint. It's not the shark. It's going to be a hundred pound swordfish. Or yeah, yeah. He's says. like, it could be a swordfish or a stingray. Like, let it go. Remember yeah. the very first yeah, time? Yeah, like, I know. When, when I think Quint's it like hooking in. Jaws, I think it is too. Him that he's like, you think this is a stingray? <laughs> yes. Because also he's uh, like, he's, he talks about the intelligence of the fish that he, that, that Quint first catches. He's like, He's like, he's smart. He's going under the boat. He's going under the boat. And, yes. I, and I do think that he's it's like, why would he do this? He's either really stupid or really smart. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, um, yes. So I do, I do think so. Um, to no fold of Hooper. I just think Hooper is a little bit more maybe naive and you can tell, definitely tell when they have their conversation about the Indianapolis that, that Hooper like drops in his posture and he's like oh yeah you you do have more experience with sharks than i do do. yeah Yeah. like you you are the i mean it's like hooper is a do think quinn quinn is just a lunatic oh my god absolutely i don't think he ever really had a solid game plan besides like think about like from his perspective if they didn't have well no i guess he had the barrels in the in the those weren't quints were they or hoopers were they no the barrels no the uh the tracker uh, the the light tracker <laughs> thing he just seemed so crazy like he's like with the at the end with the boat's dying and he's just like singing and kind of smiling and, and laughing ladies. and hooper's like he's like lay it lay up on the gas like you're gonna overheat this thing and he's just like <laughs> he's singing the soggy sag yeah the same uh, Spanish lady sea shanty that he was singing when they arrived on the boat, which yeah. I think is fitting because the, the reason why he was singing that to Hooper is like, he's, he's like, you're going to die. And it's, and then it's, I think, but yeah, it, I mean, that that's only moments after he smashes the radio and right. Isn't that moments? Yeah, after no, he I, thought I was, was just thinking that, that was is earlier. this before or after it's is after the radio because after because, that scene, no, the radio is before because, uh, uh, like, okay. um, because at this point, remember, he's trying to, uh, which I told Chase, which is another terrifying scene, is that like once Jaws pulls the cleats off the boat, which a cleat, to anybody that doesn't know, is what you wrap your rope yeah. around to your prey, whatever you're trying to hunt, to tie it to the boat. And Jaws pulls the cleats off the boat and then like turns around and keeps following the boat. Which is not normal of any like sea predator. Like usually, if it's been if it escapes, it's gone. It's gone. He remembers. Um, and I love that scene because, it, like you and I were talking about, it's terrifying. It's like, it's like he has no reason to follow the ship after this, well, other if anything, than pure like he's yes, revenge. He's a, yeah, revenge. Like he has a vendetta against this against this boat and this crew and it's like he is a he is a literal like killing machine he could eat anything he wants but he is just so fixated and targeted on this boat at this point because they've they've pissed him off they pissed off jaws and that's it's uh it's apparent in this scene um it's terrifying okay i have a question oh sorry go ahead i was just gonna say some things that place Oh, keep going. I was my question. I told I asked this to to fucking Steve Jesus. Um, I asked Steve, do you think Quinn went out how he wanted to? No, you don't. Absolutely not. 
I think I told I told you go ahead, Chase. Go ahead. I, I personally think if anything, he didn't want to die. However, I think that it's definitely the death he would have accepted is dying to The only I mean, reason why I say that I'll is be, is because I I told this to Chase. Um I get what you're saying. You're not like far off, I think, but like there's a reason why when they take the life jackets, and I noticed this this time around even more, I've noticed it before, but Quint's the only one who doesn't put a life jacket on. When he passes out the yes. life jacket, and it's because he said before, he's like, I'll never, I'll never put, a put a life jacket, jacket, on. jacket on again. And it's like, because uh, Chase, Chase had asked me a good question at one point. He's like, he's like, why not just like like go back and get a bigger boat? And I was like, it's a it's a... Coming from Florida, I know this just from friends. It's a it's a pride thing at that point. It's like, no, I'm gonna get my trophy. This is it's, like I'm gonna earn this. It's like, at that point, it's it's a personal vendetta between I, Quint and the shark. Like he wants he want he knows how big it is now. It's twenty. It's a twenty footer. Uh, twenty five, chiefy. It's a it, it's like it's like what is uh you know. What are uh, what are, to 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 the to the victor goes the spoils? Like how does you know how does that reflect on Quint when he when he pulls in a twenty five foot great white shark? Like he's like I've did it. I'm the greatest fisherman of alive, chiefy. You know, like that's a it's a trophy fish. Like he he wants he wants to kill Jaws. You know, that's my take on it though. But go ahead. I don't know. What do you what do you think? I don't think I think you're kind of right with if he wants it to be his boat. Um, but and I think that you're supposed to get the impression that he is just the ultimate shark hunter, and he does this for the sport of it. Um, the thrill, the thrill of the game. I think that the entire purpose of the Indianapolis story is the opposite of that. He is a man out for revenge, mm. and the way he talks about people, the way that everyone died around him, screaming and everything. And how the scariest part was waiting there for it to happen to him when the fucking boat came because, or yeah, when the boat came because he assumed he wouldn't make it is what I thought. Like, that's got to be the scariest part because you think you're so close. It must happen to me now. So I think his whole life after this has been, I'm fucking, I'm going out for them. I'm killing sharks. And the way he ends up going out is in the exact horror that he described being around by screaming the, by the way terror. I, yeah, I, I and, see that actually and Dave if you could uh, so I don't think that's what he would want if you could just uh, help me with the story because I was telling Chase and, and for our listeners that don't know but this the, one of the greatest scenes of this movie is the is the drunk cabin scene when they're all getting mm-hmm. drunk together and showing off their scars and I, I um, two of the scars that Robert Shaw shows are real uh, scars that he already had Um but uh, the story of the Indianapolis is a hundred percent true. Like, uh, yeah, not yeah. that Robert Shaw was there, but uh, <laughs> well, he was. Yeah, Robert That's Shaw was so there. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. uh, I, I was telling Chase, I was like, I don't know why nobody has made a really good, like, tried to make a really good movie Nicholas about cages in one. I know. I told him there's the like the it's not good. Um, What's it called? The only the, thing inaccurate, I'm pretty sure about his story is the date. I don't know why they got the date wrong, but that's. Uh, he says like June 29th, 1945. Right. Uh, but I think that date was wrong. Right. Cause it's right after they deliver the nuclear bomb that wiped out Hiroshima and then yes. the Indianapolis submarine did not have, um, it was, it wasn't, I don't, it wasn't a sub. It was a oh, ship. So not, sorry, ship. Uh, that's my fault. Yeah. Some, the Indianapolis ship, 
uh, could not send out a distress call because of the secrecy of of their mission. And it's like when I was telling Chase this story, as much reaction like a lot of other people did, and I had the same reaction when I found it. It's just like, this is a real story. Like you have like 800 men were killed in the span of like a week. And I mean, I don't know how many shocks, maybe a thousand. Like I, I, it's it's crazy to think about, but it's like Such it's got, it's got to be the most infamous shark attack story in history. It's not really yes. spoken about very much, but it's like definitely. Th- I, 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 you gotta think, and this is like a weird thing, but of all of Earth's history, that must have been the most human sharks ate in. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. There's no other. Day. There's no other event that comes close. Like I mean, you know, sharks. Just because of the sheer mass, because I yeah. know, like, there's definitely through and, and since we've had boats, you know, like there's been ships sinking and people probably being eaten. Love by that sharks, scene in the beginning or towards the beginning where. uh where she's like, he really, Michael really loves his, his uh, birthday present. And Brody's like, he's in the, he's in the boat. He's like, get out of the boat. And she's like, please yes. stop, stop. And then she and looks then at the picture <laughs> and it's a shark yeah, like crashing into father. a boat. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, like it's gotta, I don't know why that story doesn't. And it's like, even it, as a uh, world uh, war two story, I don't know why there's not. You, it was just, considered for jaws too. Actually, yeah, you just don't get much of that story in history books, or like, uh, like I was, I never knew that. Like growing up, mm-hmm. I never knew that there was a massive shark attack during World War II. Like that's that's insane to me. But um, well, so obviously it was public knowledge by the seventies, but it wasn't like a very well known story. And this movie actually like really popularized, popularized it. Yeah. And there's uh, veterans in that documentary I was telling you about that talk about how they heard like you know like their grandkids and everything knew that they were on that ship but they never really talked about it and then their grandkids were all of a sudden like oh my god they mentioned your ship in this movie jaws that's a huge blockbuster and obviously they're like you should go see it and they're like a shark movie no no (laughs) no Uh, it's the last thing i want to see but the guy was saying how thankful he was that the world kind of knew their story as a result of this movie. And, you know, he's like, I'm thankful yeah, for I, Robert I, Shaw. And I encourage um, listeners, if you're interested in that story, like look it up. Cause it, it is, it is wild. Like it sounds like something straight out of a, a of a horror movie, like, mm. but it's real. It's hundred percent real. Like uh, you had a bunch of men just floating in the water with, with probably a, th- like I told Chase, I'm, I'm, Sure, what happened is that, you know, like one shark got a nibble and told all his friends and it just became like a massive feeding ground for these sharks. And it was like, it was too easy for them. So it's like, why not? You know, like sharks aren't, in, you, sharks aren't looking for the difficult prey or the difficult kill. Sharks are doing yeah. what they're instinctually supposed to do. Unless your jaws, who just has a personal. Well, did you see like that slight, like, I, I feel like everything in this is like foreshadowing if you look for it hard mm. enough, but mm. there is a page like so quick there. Well, a, there is like a page with a shark with an oxygen tank in it. Yes. yes. But there was also a uh, diagram of, it was like drawn or not drawn, but it wasn't an actual photo of a shark with like, you know, like little dots coming out of its head with like a flopping a fish. Flopping and fish. It was yeah, like, it's fish of distress. I, I, yes. And I can't remember what the word next to the shark was, but it, it's like, it was like basically like, that's what they go to. Like if they well, notice and, something and, and, and then, distressed, like, and then Hooper, 
Hooper says that too. He's like, it's 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 literally impossible for a human being to to swim and not give off that distress call, yeah. which is which is what <clears throat> sharks are attracted to. And this movie does a really good job of um, breaking down to the layman um, the natural habits science. and science behind sharks and like what makes them. You know, like, I mean, they're just, they're one of the most feared species, obviously. They're also, they're also misunderstood because it's like, I mean, you're, you're, if you go into the deep sea, you go into the water, you're, 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 you should go in knowing that you're out of your element and the ultimate yeah. killing creature of the ocean is out there, which is a shark. And it's, uh, yes. this movie does a good job of just, of giving us a history lesson about shark. And it's like, there's a subtle line, um, uh, where uh, Chief Brody says uh, we don't even they don't even know how old sharks are, and it's which uh, they know now, right? They know uh, yes, but like did or you was know? Was he saying like they don't know, know how long, how long sharks have been around for? Because I thought he was like literally saying like how old are these sharks? No, <laughs> two thousand no, three thousand well, years old. No, um, but sharks is are jaws five thousand years old, which is kind of wild. But this is a statistical fact, or the statistical, not statistical. It's a, it's a fact, a trivia fact. Uh, uh, sharks are older than trees, which oh. is wild and hard to wrap your head around. But that is true. Um, but yeah, this this movie just does uh, an excellent job of. Uh, it it kind of sucks for if I was a shark and I watched this movie, I'd be like, come on. But um, well, uh, it demonizes he, a little bit like uh, the great white shark. Yes. Well, sharks were hunted in mass after this movie. Oh, yeah. There's like, I remember that uh, after this documentary that I was telling you about, like years ago when I was watching Shark Week, after that documentary ended, a new documentary started about all the damage to shark life that Jaws caused. And I was like, yeah. I don't like this. I so, know. And it's like sharks are an important part of the ecosystem. And if sharks uh, didn't exist, there'd be an imbalance in like, uh, there'd be an imbalance in the ocean. Like sharks are very important. They're to our, to, to, to our thriving ecosystem. Especially. Yeah. And, well, sharks, something, sorry. I was just going to say something that Spielberg said uh, at the end of this documentary, but it wasn't him saying it. It was uh, John Milius, who's like a director and writer. He did like Dirty Harry and stuff, but he was a good friend of Spielberg's and he actually came up with the Indianapolis speech that um, Shaw ended up whittling down to, it, it went from like an eight page monologue to four pages that Shaw came up with. You ever um, seen a shark's eyes, Chiefy? But like John Milius was explaining that he asks to go to, um, like, Spielberg to go, like, out to the beach and surf, like, one day or something. And Spielberg's like, no, no, I don't, I'm not going out to the ocean. Could be sharks out there. And he's like, what are you talking about? And he's just like, the shark's are out there no matter where and they know who I am and they're coming for revenge. <laughs> I like, love like, that. <laughs> and uh, I, like funny enough, like I think he was pretty afraid of the water himself, um, but he was convinced that the crew and the cast were so like fed up with him that they were going to throw him in the ocean on the last day of shooting. And so the very last shot that they did was the actual explosion scene. Um, and he set everything up the day before, like made it perfect. And the next day he, 
just said, you guys go on, shoot it without me. And then he started to drive home. Um, and apparently this is according to Richard Dreyfus. That's become like our tradition for him is he always skips out on the last day of his movies. Wow. Really? The last shot. Yeah. Um, I guess we should get into just, um, well, before I Go just, ahead, I just wanted to say, so shark bites, I, I wanted to oh, I was, give you yeah. guys some Terrorizing facts. Terrorizing shark, yeah. shark bites are. Well, mm, yes, but I, however, sharks don't attack as much as everyone thinks they do. Like I, I'm reading this this article right now, and it's saying from 1958 to 2016, there were about 3,000 confirmed shark attacks, but only 400 of that was fatal. From that, what 60 or 50 years, and then they say as a report, what's the closest thing to how many year or how many people die from shark attacks, or just attacked? The average attackings are about 4.3 people a year are attacked by a, a shark. So that's actually pretty low. What yeah, this movie made, like what you just said, this movie had five. That's already more than a year's worth. Of yeah. That's like that's sharks like, that's attacks like two years worth <laughs> around of, the yeah. whole world. Right. Which is, um, and I, and I think it's, 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 I it's wonder what the average of 1945 was. It sucks that, <laughs> uh, a good, good point, Hi. Chase. It sucks that, um, this comes at the expense of sharks, but, um, this movie does, uh, does try to, 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 to drive it home that this shark is a bit of an anomaly. Like he's not doing things that a normal shark would do. And it's like this shark is it's it's like uh it's kind of like a like a Cujo story Which or something. And I, not that the shark has rabies, but that the shark is just like it's it's almost like possessed. Like this this shark was just born to be a killer. It's obviously like great white sharks are huge, although Jaws I think is a little bit bigger than what an actual great white. I think great whites are usually twenty feet. Um, and then he's a 25 footer. So it, he's a bit of an anomaly. It sucks that it comes at the expense of sharks, but like, I do, uh, I do like the story that like, it's especially when I was telling chase and like, and yeah, I do know a bit about fishing just because I'm growing up in Florida and knowing a lot of girlfriends, dads that were fishermen's or girlfriends, dads that had boats or like friends that were big fishermen and like deep sea fishermen or like big game fishers who would try to go out there and catch like, you know, like big fish. Um, is that uh, for three barrels to not uh, pull him up is is Crazy. unheard of. Like it's it normally doesn't take two. Like and it, it's like you know Quint says that at first he's like oh we got a barrel on him like should pull him up soon and then they realize that like when he slides by the boat he's like everyone's like okay maybe he's gonna need more than one. They did not anticipate that he was going to need three, and he's still able to operate and pull those barrels underwater. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit fantastical. You're supposed to believe that this is like a mutant shark. Not a mutant shark, but just a – it's an anomaly. It's a monster. It's, it's a monster. Yeah, it's like this I, is I, this is I a shark that does not normally exist in nature. It's a freak. It's a freak that's, shark. That's a, like 100% credit to this movie and being good is – there is a B movie horror movie in here where they're like talking about all this. They're like the shark is like a mutant. Like, you know, like they like give it more of a personality instead of it just being kind of a scary thing that they have the occasional nod of like, this isn't normal, but it's not like, 
you know, it's not I, too I over the like, top. It's not yes, too much. It's it, still they believable. Do it so well, yes. And it's exactly. like um, we we talked about it. It's kind of funny, and it's a missing. It's another one of those Luke. I am your father. It's a misquoted line. We're gonna need a bigger boat. Is not the line. It's you're gonna yeah. need a bigger boat. Very very. Uh, it's it's a misquoted line. One of the most misquoted lines in history. But uh, I also, think it's he says it like, like three, three times. times. Yes. He's like, Brody uh, really wants a bigger boat. Yeah, Chase is pointing that I, out. I, I was like, so I was we're going to call the Coast Guard and we're going to get a bigger boat, right? And then like as the, before the scene even cuts, he's like, we're going to get a bigger boat, right? It says it again. Yes, right. Um, he's like, cuts. we should yeah. pull like, in so we can boat. get a bigger boat. boat yeah, and... Um, um, uh, and, that boat is small as hell. Like them having to cross to the front of the oh, boat yeah. and just have that narrow Screw walkway. That. And it's such an, an another just great cinematic, like such an effective shot where you see just the shoes coming down and how yes. much room they actually have on that lip or whatever yeah. of the side of the boat. And we've seen this guy come up and chomp. Yeah, you know? and so it's like, that's actually like, right. That's yeah. right after is when you it's see them. Levels. Yeah, and it's right after you see uh, him come up and Brody backs up, which is like. I think even more iconic is uh, Brody's reaction, not the line, but his reaction that he jolts back when he sees the 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 shark, and that's always he the imagery. Has a that, cigarette hanging yeah, from his lip, like backs up slowly, and he's like, "You're gonna need a bigger boat." And then, um, but then you know, you get the scope of like how big this shark really is, and it, it is terrifying because, like to, to this day, it just it stands the test of time. This shark looks amazing like it's truly terrifying like when you get when you get that scope of like how big he really when he's next to the boat and you're like you see these three men standing and it's like them standing side by side shoulder to shoulder don't even like i mean they're like a third of the shark with them like standing close you know um when you get a scale of it you're like these guys are like the width of one shoulder with the guy's shoulder to another guy's shoulder is like taking up a third of this shark. Like this shark is massive. But, um, I also, uh, I just, uh, I really appreciate the, uh, the foreshadowing as well. Um, because in the beginning, uh, when they first get on the boat and, uh, Brody, uh, pulls the wrong knot and the, uh, the pressurized, uh, air tank, uh, rolls uh-huh. out, uh, at, you know, uh, Hooper, uh, Hooper and Brody also have a very good dynamic. I like their dynamic. They're like more like friends. You can tell that like yes. they're fond of each other. Well, uh, yeah. And uh, uh, Hooper's like, damn it, Brody. That's pressurized air. Like, you got to be careful. It's going to blow up. And I feel like it's just such a, uh, it's like something a friend would say to another one. Not that he's mad, but he's just like, you could have blown us up. But <laughs> um, yeah, foreshadowing there as well. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the, I guess from I think the most intense moments are obviously like from the moment he goes down in the shark cage to the end is just like a nail biter. Yeah, it's like you are on the edge of your seat from the minute he goes down in the the uh, from the minute Hooper goes down in the shark cage because it's at that point that Quint's like, all right, maybe uh, Hooper, what do you have on board? Because he's out of ideas. The boat is sinking. Uh, you yeah. can see the land in the background of how far they are, but they're not close enough to the land to feel safe. Like they're and like, we're gonna sink before we get to land, and, and they well, know that. They even see say, you can see like Quint's personality change when he's like, instead of being like, "Oh, you think you're gonna get a shock with such like this little needle?" He's actually asking Hooper. He's like, you think you can poke a shark with a, this needle? Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Hooper's like, no. And like, you know, instead of like poking around and having like making fun of him, he's like genuinely like, 
fuck, I hope one of your weird science things works for me. Because it's like, like yeah, and it, it's a, it's a good, it's a good, um, just a clash of like, um, you got your old head versus somebody who's using like advanced technology, and then like the old head realizing I'm out of tricks. I got nothing left. I shot like, him with harpoon ropes like I, and barrels. I, 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 yeah. But I mean, in his defense, like it, it had obviously never failed him before. And you can tell yeah. that in his responses, like he's like, I mean, there's two subtle responses after that scene. And it's, it's, a, uh, it's, uh, who's the first one to ask? I think it's, uh, Roy Shatter asked Quint. He's like, have you ever seen one of them do that before? And he doesn't even say no. He goes, uh, he doesn't say no, but he yes, shakes his head yes. and is just like, Ugh. and then and then he goes to Hooper and he's like, "Have you ever seen? Have you ever seen one of them do this?" And he goes, "No," and it's like it's very subtle, but it but it doesn't it doesn't have to be like you don't have to have a long conversation of it. You can yes. feel it in their emotions and their reactions and and the the camera work again. It's just like it's the reaction shots of they're all like stunned. They're like our boat is sinking. We're in the middle of the ocean. We're not like we can see the land, but we're not going to make it to the land. Quint's out of tricks. And it's like it's uh, you're pulling out all the stops. You're sending you're sending him in down in the cage. And that the the cage sequence is, is terrifying as well. Like, dude, I, I, would, like, I would be shitting yeah, my pants. Like, like Chase said, he dents he dents the cage with one ram, two rams. The whole wall's gone. Yeah, the whole and it's it and uh, that scene is amazingly filmed. I don't. I'm not completely sure how they did that. Like <laughs> well, it's like so it's hard. It to, some some fun from fun knowledge of that. Um, that so that was basically like a, a second unit filming in Australia. Yeah, with a um, real shark. Yes, with real great whites, and it was they knew like a jockey, which again this like documentary, which apparently is from 2010. They're using some real choice words to describe this jockey uh, who is like 4'9 or 4'10 or something. And so they did everything like to scale. Like they made a small cage for him too. Like, and, uh, and they really filmed him getting attacked in the cage and several things went wrong, like almost the entire time shooting it. And from what I can understand, the, um, Hooper dies in the book and in this, like one of the best shots they got from that second unit in Australia was of the shark ripping the cage apart. And then they're like, well, shit, we can't use this because like, where is Hooper in this scene? He's not in the cage. So that's when they like wrote a scene of him, like escaping the cage, which I love. So they could use that uh, footage. And, and if so anybody I think it's like really is incredible real footage. Um, yeah. And it's, I, uh, I really, um, I, I pointed this out to chase and it's like, um, your, your, uh, your normal spectator might not notice it, but, um, I'm not saying I'm a C professional, but I do know this, um, that Hooper, uh, makes a very intelligent, intelligent decision to swim to the ocean floor and hide behind the reef. Yeah. Which sharks do inherently don't like reefs because it's it. Although sharks have pretty rough skin. Like if a shark rubs against you, it can break your skin. Yeah. However, if you, you know, a lot of sharks that are caught, you'll see marks on the side of their face or scratches. And that's from coral reefs. They don't, 
like coral reefs. And so mm-hmm. smart decision by Hooper to, to hide down, down low on by that reef. I mean, we know this from finding Nemo, finding Nemo. Absolutely. Absolutely. Boom. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Good. Uh, good parallel. Um, but yeah, then, so then we get, um, you know, we come back up, up on, up on the boat and the boat is sinking rapidly. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And then it's, um, that, that scene, uh, when, when Jaws jumps out of the water and crashes, crashes on the boat, my God, I, I, I love that scene. I love that scene. It's yes. that whole thing with Quint, like the boats, uh, you know, capsizing and, and it's like Jaws is literally weighing down the back of the boat. So the boat is like so, yeah, tipping and, and he's sliding and then he can't catch Quint, uh, Schneider Brody can't, um, catch Quint and then Quint just, just watching him kick. Like you can, t- yes. yeah. He's just like His trying to gain like traction. Like, yeah, yeah yes, he's like, yes. he's like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, because yes. he's falling into this pit Feels of so real. Yes, he's falling into this pit, this pit of, and it's like you're seeing this over, like otherwise in the movie, like a very brave and bold and cocky character, scared to death. Like it's like, yes. I'm facing the jaws. You know, screaming literally you know. this the jaws of defeat right now what like, if that wasn't is, scripted yeah. what if they actually yeah, like they they're just like fuck the, this this actual robot is going crazy well, it's, again like even if i was <laughs> even if i was the actor in that scene that's oh, terrifying i, I wouldn't want to go anywhere near that. yeah that's terrifying i don't care if the if the sh- if the teeth aren't sharp and it's a robot like whatever like it, you're you're a mechanical shark you're you're that's it's scary looking and yeah uh, um, you know, there's that classic picture of Steven, Steven Spielberg sitting in Jaws's mouth when it's hanging out of Apparently, the water. Apparently, George Lucas broke it one night when I yeah, I've also heard he that was, story. They like were playing, or like George Lucas was like looking inside its mouth at the mechanics of it, and Spielberg was trying to shut the jaw on to it, play and a joke on him. Yes, and they all ran away. Um, but yeah, so that uh, and I, <laughs> I like that. Uh, I keep I, I always uh, that's such an incredible scene though, like him getting like. As soon as like the first bite on the leg happens and he starts screaming and then like the blood coming out of it's like like I feel like I don't know it was pretty crazy for back then too to well, see Well yeah like, and then you see like, like getting um, chomped by a a shark must have been terrifying and like the machete like stabbing into yeah. half of which makes it even like look even more real because you're like God, there's blood coming out of that machete. Oh, and every that shark. every time, like, like when they poke him with the with the long like harpoon the too, spear, like, yeah, the spear, yeah, yeah. like it, it's the same thing. But yeah, and then and then him getting chomped on, and then you see because of the pressure, the blood just spitting out of his mouth. Yeah, he's like. Yeah, and well, then he gets dragged on. I also like when you actually, after so all of good. that, you see his teeth, and it's just like his ripped up shirts and shit all over. Yeah. What? I like that too. Okay. <laughs> He's making weird um, faces. Uh, <laughs> no. Um, yeah, the debris in his mouth. I will say I really like seeing like, it's not just you see clothes, you see trash, you see everything. And it kind of ties back to when they cut open the tiger shark. When they're like these these animals, they're, they're pretty much like, what is like what did they say? Garbage disposal yeah. or what is he They'll say? eat anything. And he's like, what, they eat this also, whole car? And he's like, nah, nah. <laughs> I feel like that was kind of foreshadowing, too, I guess, a little bit of, like, you can just fucking throw that oxygen tank And it will not mouth. care. It'll just be like, rah. Yeah, I do find it's funny. It's like, what is this thing, eat cars? <laughs> 
But uh, no, I love I, I the one thing that I do find a little sad, and I know Steve and I talked about this, was when finally Hooper comes back up and he they they come back together after they blow up the the shark. They ask Quinn, and they both I don't know they kind of seem happy that he's dead. <laughs> they don't seem that upset. They're like no, no, no. I, I think it's a more I think it's Roy a, Scheider's just like. <laughs> I'm just so happy I killed that shark. And, uh, I, you know, like Quint was kind of a pain in my ass. To be honest with you, I we don't have to pay that ten thousand dollars anymore. And like, there's, there's something about that last, like it's like a well, uh, does. Go ahead, Alex. What is it? Alex Ketcher? Kenter? Kenter. Kenter. My God, if I see that Kenter boy spill all over the dock. She should give Brody $3,000. That's what Chase was saying. Go ahead, Chase. Go ahead. No, you I already your, did. You made your case for that. Yes, I, you're I right. Said, I said, I, like, I, I think know. it would be funny. Does he get his $10,000? Yeah. 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 Um, I was like, they should keep it. They killed the shark. And then Steve was like, well, that's the state's money. I'm like, screw the state. They, yeah, the towns. When it, yeah, whatever. But yeah. Do you towns. think they're just going to be like, sure, you killed the shark? Where's that Quint guy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I feel like this this um, the final showdown is you have uh, the hero of our story versus the villain, and it feels like a final fight. You know, it's like Roy Sh- Roy Scheider versus Jaws, and it's like when he breaks into the cabin and he's like hitting him with the tank and then throws the tank into his mouth, and then you have uh, it's one of my favorite s- scenarios of the movie is like this boat is sinking and Brody is just trying to find the highest point and he's mm-hmm. climbing up on the uh, uh, the crow's nest the or mask. whatever the mast of the uh, of the ship and he's just trying to get a shot off. He's like, I'm, I, he's, he's, and he's a shitty shot. I feel yeah, like, when, isn't is. that what the movie's trying to tell us? But, right? no, no, yes. Earlier, they, he doesn't have his glasses. He doesn't have his glasses. No, his glasses break. Because the 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 barrel hits him the in the barrel face hits and him he in the face, breaks yeah. his glasses. Okay, yeah, but he had his glasses on when he was shooting his revolver, right? No, no, because it's like before the boat starts capsizing, he loses his glasses. So he's yeah, but kind of, wasn't the revol- when was the revolver scene? Oh, you mean like earlier on the but okay, yeah. When he's uh, shooting yeah, his yeah, pistol yeah, yeah. and yeah. he hits it once. Well, you're you're right, but I think that Chase is right in that there's an added layer there where he's yeah, like he so, doesn't yeah, have I his never glasses. About that. Yeah, I like that. And it's, I like that. Yeah, and um, yeah, he's just like uh, I mean, I, and of course we get we get the uh, ever infamous line, you know, the uh, smile, you son of a. Well, I will say another thing is you never really see the actual air canister above the water. No, 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 no. Above the water. So he's trying to guess where the mouth is. Yeah, he doesn't. And you can see like the bullet. There's one part where it's underwater and you see the The bullet. bullet. It's like a a preview to Saving Private Ryan. Yes, yes, yes. Which is Spielberg uses that later on, of course, is is, is bullets Um, rippling through the water. But oh, what was I going to say about that? Um, kind of like as far as I can tell, I mean, like, I know, like, you know, quite frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn or like, I don't know what Casablanca's is. Here's uh, looking at you. Here's looking at you, kid, of all the G yeah. joints and all the towns and all no, the world. I'm thinking of the last lines oh, of okay, movies. Okay, okay. Uh, even though this isn't technically the last line, but it's kind of like the one liner you say before the villain ends or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like the first one I can remember, which 
it's kind of like a staple of blockbusters to come. You know, you got to have one last line. And, and I, I love it. It's it like works you, in this movie so you, well. You don't hear the bitch. You just, the, yeah, it's the explosion. Smile, you son of a. And I, I, it's, I, I love it. And then, it, I mean, Roy Scheider's reaction. Ah, ha, ha, yes, he's and, so happy. Is it is great. And he, you know, Chief Brody saved the day. And then uh, I, I, I like to think that he has no plan of how to get back on shore until yeah. Richard Dreyfus. And it's, I was telling Chase, I was like, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those conveniences uh, that works out in the favor, but I love it, uh, is that there was three barrels attached to Jaws. When you, when you first see them load the boat, they load five, and there just happens yeah, to be so two barrels two left. left over. And um, I remember when I was a kid, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, they're in the middle of the ocean, but I had... After they're, multiple they're viewings, close. you see he the land. See you can see hey, the land. Chiefy, yeah, because uh, Quint's starting to. Yeah, he's going trying to starting to to go full throttle ahead against everyone else's uh, warnings towards the island. Because because again, again at that point, Jaws is literally just chasing them for no reason. <clears throat> like he doesn't have any other reason it, it except blood bloodlust. Like he's. He just wants because like he's not attached to the boat anymore. He's just got a vendetta against the yeah. orca. Um, we gotta drown him. Yeah, and yeah, which and I mean, like maybe that would have worked. I don't know. Um, but yeah, and, and it's a as an audience member. Um, and I had done this a couple times, even though I've seen the movie a hundred times. But like, uh, as a kid, there were multiple times where I forgot that Richard Dreyfus lives. Because you kind of write him off when he when he swims to the bottom yes. of the ocean. Yeah, you don't yeah. even you stop thinking about. It. Well, you're what like, was his you're plan? Like, yeah, you're just like sitting up there well, and being yeah. like, well, we'll wait until the shark yeah, eats all of my friends well, and then leaves. I think it's just survival mode. At that <laughs> yeah, point. yeah. I think so. it's just survival mode. But uh, and, uh, and so you kind of like you know he didn't die, but you have that uh, that bit of disbelief where you're like, I don't know what happened to him. He swam to the bottom of the ocean. So when he pops back up, it's like, oh, good, like. Cause I like Hooper. I like all the characters, but it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I like that Hooper lived. I, I, I do. And, uh, because of his connection with, with it makes Brody. it less terrifying. A thought of Brody just being out there by himself. Yeah. And I, and I liked it again. It's this movie doesn't suffer from overkill. Like you have three men that go on this and it's like the most exciting part of this movie obviously is the last hour of this movie. And, uh, you know, uh, in your typical, like, slasher or like horror movie or monster movie of a high kill count, but it's like two people survive from this boat attack. Only one person yeah. dies. And I like that. They're not, they're not using overkill. Yeah. And, and it just, uh, it feels right. It's like he was smart. He did what uh, he used his, his college brain, his, uh, his, his familiarization with oceanography. Um, and he doesn't like water still. And yeah, that's, that's oh, we got to touch on. Yeah, we had to. We didn't even touch on that. But Brody's really, terrified wait, of the does water. Does he not like water? No, still? Bro, he bro, says. He says. I used to not like water. I love the line where he's like. Uh, I think he says I no, used to not. I thought like he, he goes, says I don't like water, and he goes, I don't blame you, or no, something. Well, well, uh, Chase, he does say that at the end. But what uh, Dave's talking about is that earlier Brody and Hooper have a conversation. Hooper goes. Hooper goes. Yeah, I don't really like the water. And then Brody's like, kind of an interesting occupation for someone that doesn't like the water. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, kind of weird for you to be on an island uh, when you don't like water. And he's like, well, it's only water if you're looking. Or it's only an island if you're looking at it from the water. And he's like, what? <laughs> Remember, yeah. the Bro- Brody says that to. Uh, I don't think that Hooper says he doesn't like. I the thought water, Hooper said he? something about like not being because there's definitely a line where Hooper says something to which to which Brody responds with. 
kind of an interesting occupation to have if you don't like this. I think he says he... I don't remember because he doesn't. I think he says something about sharks, but he loves sharks. No, he says I, it he loves happens sharks. after he says you rich. Like he's like asking him about his like all of his shit, and he's like you rich, and he's like yeah. And then I feel that like he's talking about like that's an interesting occupation or like it's something like he makes a comment on him being rich, and that's when he says interesting occupation you have. I think that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. And then there's like Chase just said that I, I, I do love the line uh, when, when Hooper. But that comes, is a great line. When it's Hooper's only like, an island if you look at it from the water. Yeah. And, uh, um, but I, I like the line that Chase just brought up, which was the, uh, the final line of the movie, which is, uh, which is like, uh, when, when Roy Scheider says, uh, I still uh, don't like the I water. I still don't like the water. And he's like, yeah, that, what does he say? Yeah, that makes sense. Or, or, uh, yeah, that's understandable. I think it's one of those. I think yeah. it's I it that's understandable. Yeah, makes, I think that's yeah, what it that's was. understandable. But uh, and then they're they're kicking their way to the beach and then uh, get all the seagulls. But great explosion scene too, like the shark exploding and just seeing jaws what, and pieces. Maybe one of the most satisfying. Uh, like it's weird to call him a villain. I guess antagonist endings there yeah. in any movie. Yeah, I agree. I I, I can't really, think of a really like Hans Gruber falling off of off yeah. of the Nakatomi, yeah. Nakatomi yeah. Tower. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree. It's a it's a huge puff marshmallow. Explosion. It's just a huge sigh of relief too for your main characters and for the audience to be like, oh god, finally. Because yes. I was like, how other there was no other way to kill this shark. You had to blow him up. They stabbed him. They shot him. They tried barreling him. Nothing was working. And it's it's like what's what's the uh, what's what's the uh, what's the what's outcome? The, what's the outcome? You got or what's what's the what's how are you gonna are you gonna kill the shark? Blow them up, blow them up. But um, yeah, they're kicking back to shore, and I like that as the credits are rolling, you see them walking onto the beach. I think that's really cool too. Yeah, and I, I like really that that's the end that. of the movie. They're like, all right, the shark's dead. Yeah, we don't home. we don't because like you don't care. Yeah. I don't want I don't care yeah. about them going back to town and being most like, likely we killed the shark, and they'll yeah. probably be like, cool, it's over. Yeah, exactly. That's um, it. We don't need that. Movies can't do now. Like they can't just fucking just, end. Sometimes. It's just like yeah, because if this movie was made and today, if they you'd do have... end, it's always like ending like mid sentence or like oh, overly abruptly. You know? Well, like, yeah. Or it's um, or it's a it's an obnoxious use of exposition. Like if this yeah. movie was made today, you'd have like somebody narrating and go, and then the shock died and I, fell to the bottom of the ocean and I wanted two to, survivors. Like I, don't know. I wanted to bring this up. I know, like we already talked about the scene, but it's um. I was wondering if you have like other good examples because I just have two, but I feel like other movies strive to have the calm before the storm scene that this movie has, which includes obviously this like has major points because it has the Indianapolis speech in that scene. But the whole sharing of the scars, drinking, once they start singing, all three of them start singing together. Like it's really like I feel like movies always try to have that not all movies always, but like movies often try to have this scene Common where trope, it's like yeah. all the characters, it's a quiet moment. They're giving exposition about each other, like background and it's like, character. A little bit this of character is like the king of that of that. And yeah. the only two really good examples I could think of were like I'm like, hmm, the uh 
tree scene in Jurassic Park. Like we're yeah. not the yeah. car in the tree scene, but the kid sitting in the tree scene where he throws away the Velociraptor um, hook, uh, claw. And then in Saving Private Ryan, the scene before the attack and the final scene, like wow. before the town. It's Maybe it's like a Spielbergism. All, and that's what I'm like. Is Spielberg? Am I just happen to be thinking of Spielberg movies, or is like, is there another really good like Quiet Before the Storm? Like, I feel like there's got to be one in like a western before like a final like, I don't know. Like, I feel like a western that ends like Young Guns ends with like everyone in the house you know like like a big shootout from a house and overwhelming odds i'm like that probably had a quiet before this storm i might scene. i might be wrong but Can't isn't it, isn't but. fistful of dollars aren't they having dinner before he does the huge shootout at the end with the old guy maybe yes and maybe. then he has I a full really on remember. i can't either i can think of other examples but i just keep thinking of steven spielberg <laughs> I think I can think of some. I don't know. I was also trying to think of more Spielbergs. Um, No, I was going to use one from E.T., but I don't think it really parallels what we're talking about. But it's yeah, no, no. I don't. I don't have one. That's a good question. That's a good one. I do think that that that's like a trope in movies that I like. I like. I like movie tropes. You know, like you know, like I just don't like when they're used poorly. But if someone's really utilizing like something we've seen a thousand times and it works. Like I don't mind that stuff, but yeah, same. Same, same. it's one of the great like things from this movie that I feel like they just nail. Like it's just really, really good. And then it literally is the calm before the storm because like while they're singing that song, they start to get ran by jaws. Yeah. And he's, and, and then, and yeah, then the whole and final from, act starts from yeah. that moment on. Their it's boat crazy. is sinking. Yeah, their boat yes. is sinking yeah. from that moment on. Like they're you know they show the the Hooper and Quint working on the boat immediately the next day, and then it yeah. was what's great and why I said that the action doesn't stop is because from the moment he rams the boat until the end of the movie, you like Jaws is there almost the entire time. Like because when they're fixing the boat, he comes right back up. You see the three barrels pop up, and then Brody's like. Uh, there's he's coming again or whatever he says, and then Quinn's like, "What's that, GV?" But um, yeah, it's just a amazing movie. Um, well written. I was really drunk when they did that. Oh uh, yeah, I'm sure. Scene. I'm sure but it was. They filmed all day, and they kind of failed at getting it. We like, have to. We have to point out. I pointed this out to Chase. Just the uh, shooting star. The shooting star. Yeah, that just mm. happened to catch twice. And Chase was like, "Well, maybe they used because there is. Remember, you, you see it twice, and it's like Chase is like, "Well, they might have used uh, it, they the same could, footage from a different angle." And I was like, "That's true, because there's like you uh-huh. see it like once." And it's like, I feel like the first time you see it, they actually caught it on film. And then maybe the second time you see it was a different angle. Because it seems mm. it seems kind of weird that you would get two shooting stars. Right. But like, as I said, like you're... I remember the, reading something about if it. If you're in the middle of the ocean, what? it's more prevalent. But all right. So I, I think we, 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 we've... We've covered it pretty well, yeah. but I mean, uh, yeah. what do you, what are your chase? What are your, uh, your final thoughts? What do you, what do you, what do you rate this? Movie? Well, without a surprise, like most of us already thought it, this is already getting a five because honestly, like we kind of mentioned in the beginning, you know, this is a movie that, you know, I think if you did talk to anybody and said, look, 
Name me five of the greatest, ten of the greatest movies ever made. Jaws will be in that list for most people. I, I want to say nine I'm times out of ten, this next conversation. it's going to do that. Second of all, I also think that the score of it is incredible. I think technique-wise and filmmaking, even though I don't think, like Dave, I didn't even think about because of how much of a nightmare this shoot was. I didn't even think about, did they try these techniques or was this just a happy little accident mm. of editing it to make it work? But I think, you know, how they filmed it, how they edited it really made the story 10 times better. And I, yeah, I, I will say right now, five out of five. That's what I, I'm giving it. David. Um, yeah, definitely a five, a five or Five out of five. Um, it's one of the greatest movies of all times. I think it's. Uh, I guess we can talk about it now. It yeah, is on go the ahead. AFI. This is, this is your. Uh, a, this is your bit. Yeah. It's on the AFI list. Um, it's in the book, and for whatever fucking reason, it's not on IMDb's top two fifty. What? It's a seven point eight. No, it's an it's an eight point oh. I just looked at it. It, oh, good. But it just misses yeah. it. It just misses because most Dude, of well, I swear it was like a seven something. Like not remember that long when, you like, when, guys, it, when you and I watched it. When you and I watched it, it was a seven point nine because you and I. Yes. I remember us having the conversation about how much of an abomination that is, and it's just an. It just seemed crazy to me. It's crazy to me felt too. Like, what are we missing? Are like, we stupid? Like this is. And I mean, I don't know if it's the inclusion of a lot of superhero movies now. That could be it. And I think that that. Maybe it has something to do with it because you have like a lot of superhero movies that have come out in the last 20 years that are in the top 250. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, but yeah, it's an all time IMDb snub. Like that movie, I feel like IMDb's should just like the somebody that's running the site should be like, no, we're putting this in the top 250. I don't care yeah. what anybody's rating it because this movie is. If you were going to ask me, is this one of the 250th greatest movies of all time? Yes. Yes. I don't need yeah. to, I don't need, I don't need to debate that. I don't need to give you. I can't you go as low as you, but I probably would easily say like hundred or 50 for me. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's like, going to be in that list. Yeah. And I'm, it's, I, I told you it's hard for me to choose because there's other, there's like three other Spielbergs, like Saving Private Ryan is hard for me to rate because it's my favorite war movie. And it's like. Well, does that make it one of my favorite movies of all time? I guess. Yes, because I love that movie. It's Jurassic Park is hard to choose comparable to Jurassic Park or this. That is Dave, don't do that to me. I don't know. That is the all time like I think I have Deserted Island. Oh my gosh. Um watching okay, so I'll 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 go ahead and go with my rating. My rating's a five stars. It's hands down. Uh it's one of the greatest movies ever made. You can't talk about American cinema and its history without talking about Jaws. That is you can't talk about like practical effects and, and, and and how far we've come without without speaking of Jaws. Summer Blockbuster was literally coined by this movie. It's yes, it's uh 10 out of 10, five, four stars, five out of five rating on letterbox, whatever you want to give it whatever, whatever rating platform we're using this movie. Is. Letterbox has it at a 4.02. So that's yes. really high. Yeah. But it's, it's not on there. 250. Uh, interesting. But it's uh yeah. Um, Desert Island, Jurassic Park or Jaws. Oh God. I don't want to have to answer this question. Um, I'd take both of them. I don't know. That's too hard of a, that's too hard. 
I, uh, watching I would bet G- you there's like random flaws in Jurassic Park that we could find. I'm sure there are, but like Jaws, but watching this movie, so watching, I guess, okay, this is the best way I can put it. I had more fun watching Jurassic Park with you than I did watching Jaws. Yes. yes. So I guess Jurassic Park may be like by the hair of my chinny chin chin yeah. just edges out jaws but although I, I feel like most of my notes today were filled with quotes i feel like we quote jurassic park more but this jurassic. movie is quotable as hell yeah it's it is and it's that's why i was like that's i hate awesome to lines. i hate to compare the two shame on you dave for for asking me that question because uh don't don't anybody think that because i like jurassic park a little bit more i don't love this movie because it's it's deep in my heart but yeah Oh, that was tough. Took a lot out of me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you... Great, uh, great flick. I just feel like, yeah. And also, like, I guess we didn't talk about, like, we. I mean, we've been doing it the whole time. But, like, in our ratings, like, I feel like I was just like, great movie. I'm giving it five. But uh, I, you guys bring up an amazing point, the poster, like, which is something I didn't... We, we all didn't really consider in this podcast so far as... What makes classics? I guess the poster has to be yeah, thrown into yeah, that. It's, like, yeah. It's because you guys did talk about how much you like the good, the bad, and the ugly poster, but it's like the Wizard of Oz to me doesn't have a definitive poster right now. No, neither does Rebecca, neither. obviously, doesn't like that because none of us were that familiar with Rebecca. Uh, the good, bad, and the ugly doesn't. Like, I can picture several different posters for right. it. But there's really only like no one's really trying to fuck with this poster yeah, much. Like and they're not introducing variants or whatever. And like, the test of the poster is is this to me, and I've said this to Eric before, but like I think, um, but take take the title of the movie off the poster, can you still identify yes. the movie? Yes. Yeah. You take the ah, you you take the title cool. you take a title off of another one like the good and the bad and the ugly either some people might say that's oh is that uh, fistful of dollars fistful of dollars or is that yeah like but you take the title off of a poster can you still identify what that movie is uh, that yes. should be a card game or yes like a, but um, um it has to be right it also so yeah I, also like the music I I just want to keep going down like classic stuff it's like. How much this movie has influenced time, too? Like, I feel, I swear to God, like, we might not have, this is probably a hyperbole. I feel like Star Wars might not have been what it was had this movie not had come out. Like, George Lucas was already, had was coming up with Star Wars at this time. But I feel like him and Spielberg just, like, tapped into something from their generation that their generation wasn't heading towards. Whether I like it or not... I think that Blockbuster killed the indie star in the 70s. Like New Hollywood. The indie star. Yes. Like yeah. I think New Hollywood was considered like the end of the studio system era. Auteurs were on the rise now. Now we're going to get like really interesting, one singular mind driven movies. And then Spielberg comes in and he's like, but what about a Blockbuster? And then studios yeah. all of a sudden are revitalized. Mm. And then two years later, after this blew all the records out of the water, this was the first movie to reach a hundred million dollars at the box office. Universal Star Wars comes along. Yeah. What I said, Universal was. Uh, I mean, yes, like crushing it. Yeah, crushing it. Yeah. 
Um, and then Star Wars comes two years later and beats this record. And then it's like really the dawn of the of the block age we live in now where like we're paying attention to numbers. And like there was a quote from like the book I mentioned earlier that I just really liked because it was um, it's the guy that wrote the uh, the Indianapolis scene was talking about Spielberg and how different he was from like. Scorsese and Coppola who are like trying to make like the next great film, like art picture. They're like, cause they looked up to all of like the European filmmakers and stuff. But he says, Stephen was the only, or Stephen was the one who ran out to buy the trade papers. He was always talking about grosses. And it's just, I don't know. It's for the guy that invented the blockbuster. It's an appropriate quote about him. Absolutely. So, um, you guys been watching what have you been watching dave not to just keep rambling on this train but i just watched duel because i just was like i don't know i need to oh, did watch you? more spielberg how yeah. was it um it's good dude it's crazy is it, is it really like the original uh joyride yeah is it comparable I mean, it's, it's like joyride in the sense that it's a truck chasing a car but there's you, you don't know the person in the truck the whole time like there's no Ted Levine looking for candy cane. Yeah, candy cane. Candy cane. Uh, but, uh, and like, I don't really know the star, Dennis Weaver. He's like a television star from what I can tell. Um, okay. But uh, it's just a dude driving down the road and he just passes a truck and that pissed the truck off. And the whole movie goes from there. And it reminds me a lot of Joyride. It reminds me of Breakdown too, the uh, Kurt Russell movie. The Kurt Russell movie, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's not incredible, but you can see Spielberg is already like he he came out of the gates hot, and that was like I guess he did three television movies, but this was his biggest one, and it was actually released theatrically in Europe and Japan. And did really well. Like critics in like France were like praising the new prodigy filmmaker because I think he was twenty two or twenty three when he made it. Jeez, twenty six. Wow. Yeah, I think he, he for mo- Jaws. Mo- I think you know the uh, the standard. He was for- born in forty six, so he's twenty five or oh, twenty. Usually, the standard for like young directors is uh, if you look through history, is like thirty years old. Is like young for a director to be like wait. Like, what did Sorry, keep going. No, uh, I didn't know if you were going to correct course, but um, I think he was twenty nine. I guess, yeah, right? Because this say- was seventy five, and he was born in forty six. When yeah. he was making it, he was twenty eight. I guess, yeah. And so that's that's uh, at least from what I've read and what I've researched is that uh, a lot of these breakout directors start to get their blank checks or their or their big movies At when they're 30, 30 yeah. or, or or above it's just it's uncommon huh. for you to see a director in his 20s like come out with something that's like wows you and if it is it's usually in their late 20s um but okay um anything else dave you've been watching you want to you want to talk about uh i did see uh nightmare alley oh how oh, was yeah. that yeah it's it's a slow burn. Um, okay. That's the best description of it, but it has an ending that I think packs a pretty good punch. Okay. Kind of just makes you, I don't know. I was like, 
I left the theater like not overly impressed, but I was like driving home and I was like, God damn it, that ending got under my skin. I kept thinking about it and thinking about it and just thinking about Bradley Cooper's job overall. Thought it was really good. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be any sort of Oscar buzz or anything this year, but I enjoyed it. That's cool. Nice. Chase and I have been watching a A lot. lot. Um, well, first of all, we finished uh, 1943 Batman. God, which Finally. Was, that was a torture day. That was so hard to watch. Oh, my God. It was just... By, by like, episode, I want to say, there's a, it's a 15-episode serial. By episode 10, we were both by episode kind of 10, like we were scratching our it. eyes We were out. over it. Like, we were not paying attention. We were, like, dragging through episodes, and it was... That was a rough finish. I'm glad we did finish it, because... Uh, um, but very anticlimactic, not a very great ending, and it's yeah. different. It's if you compare it to that 40, 1949 one, it it's just 1949 completely one is different. completely superior. But, but they have similarities. I did know that. Oh yeah, and I even think they used a couple of the same shots, As, yes. like where Batman's falling but off the built. But still, I yeah, will agree. It, it just, yeah, it just was. So racist doesn't doesn't it doesn't age well at all because the amount of racial slurs that Batman himself makes is just like insane. But it's weird because when it starts out, you're like, okay, it's only a few. By the end, it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. It's like it's like why are they even like allowing us to watch this? It's almost like it should be burned. Yeah, Yeah. it should be burned. It It should should be be burned. It's bad. We all, I showed. Uh, I had the uh, the pleasure of showing uh, Chase. Uh, Chase had never seen. We he walked in on me watching uh, the Cobra Kai season four, which I already fa- he I finished. Are you rewatching those Batman's? No, like, no, you do like a- no, no. He wa- I walked in on me watching uh, Cobra Kai season four, uh, episode one, episode one, and actually finished the season with me without previous knowledge of the series wow. i'm impressed because chase was he caught on right away asked me questions and enough questions to get uh on the to same understand where uh, yeah where it's to going. where it was going and it, did you go back chase or no 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 but it's I will, too much it's, it, it gets to the point where i already know so much that i feel like if i start the show i'll be like well i already know where yeah, this is yeah. going i already know where this is going so much in season four about previous seasons it's but like um, re-watching a show though. yeah yeah again though dark like uh, seven times you're not gonna watch cobra guy once right no um which which we're gonna start dark soon, by <laughs> yeah. the way. But uh, it, uh, Chase, I'll, I'll love it. you speak for yourself. You, I mean, how do you? Uh, you seem to enjoy it. Well, I did, and it, it's actually funny. I didn't realize when you said we watched a lot. I'm like, oh no, we didn't. We did. We did because we also we also watched the uh, second and third Karate Kid, which I've never seen, which I enjoyed both of those very well. Last night we watched. I've never seen The Sandlot, so we started watching we The Sandlot. We started watching The Sandlot. Yep. Started. Um, to. Started. To. <sighs> you already know the story, Dave. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> yes. Yes. Damn it. Uh, but you watched the Phenom. We watched the Phenom, which, which is a Paul what? Giamatti. I don't know what that is. Paul Giamatti, Ethan Hawke, Johnny. What's his name? What? Johnny Simmons. Johnny Simmons. Johnny Simmons. Ooh. Paul Giamatti, Ethan Hawke movie about. It was pretty good. Yeah. Have you either of you seen it? No. No. I, I bought no. it. It was. It was bought it at the DVD store. I bought it at the DVD store. We we went to a DVD store and I was like, do you know what? I should start my own little collection. I should so get like, this movie Phenom. Yeah. I was and, like, I'll just grab a few things that I've. I, I grabbed a, I got two Hamlets that I really enjoyed that I wanted to get because I saw a DVD. I'm like, yes. And then I got the Blades, all three Blades, because I've okay. never seen them. So I was like, let's start here. 
And then I got Phenom, which I was like, you know what? Let's do something different. I've never seen this movie. I like a baseball movie. Let's do it. And I feel like in all realisticness, Wesley Snipes' Blade is going to be canonized in the next five years anyway. Yeah. Right. Um, You should watch him. Well, that's why I got him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's actually going to be in Doctor Strange, I hear. I didn't get a chance to tell this on the last podcast episode. I'm surprised, but I did finally get around to watching The Eternals. Um, Uh Uh-huh. And so thoughts on that, I, I, I land somewhere between Chase and you where so three and a half, I landed at three and a half. I didn't love it as much as you did, but uh-huh. I didn't have as much. And I won't use hate because Chase has corrected me. I don't have as much dislike for it as Chase did, but I don't have the love for it that you did. I fall somewhere in between where I'm like, uh, I like, um, I like a lot of the characters. Um, there's some stuff I could do without, but um, overall, like, yeah, um, worthy entry. Uh, I don't, I don't, I didn't hate I it. It felt like it did something new. Yeah, for one and um, I do, I do really like like origin I, stories. Yeah, I told you, I I like uh, I like Camille Montanami's character a lot, uh, just because he's obviously into movies and his yeah. whole like his whole bit about uh, that's my grandfather, that's my great grandfather, and it's just him playing yeah. the same yes. characters over. He's that. like, I love that too, and uh, I love people living forever stuff in yeah. anything, and um. Yeah, I liked a lot of the beats. Um, I guess I have some questions, which this would take a whole other podcast to answer, but I have some questions about their place in the MCU going forward, and also, like, um, there's some continuity errors, I think, but again, that would take a whole other podcast to talk about. But yeah, I suggest watching it to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. It's streaming free on Disney+. Plus. Just, you know, watch it. I gotta give it a rewatch. Um... What else did I watch? I know I watched something else. I'm going to have to go to my letterbox because I know there was one other movie I wanted to talk <laughs> about that I had just recently watched. Oh, I, it's uh, Midnight in Paris. Midnight in Paris. Thank you. Thank you, Chase. Uh, Woody Allen film. Um, Woody Allen with all of his, uh, oh God, his problematic career. Um, I'm a sucker for some of his movies. Um, Annie Hall, uh, Manhattan Murder Mystery, Manhattan, um, Midnight in Paris. Yeah, his career. Yeah, yes, exactly. But um, yeah, I uh, Dave, I really enjoyed Midnight in Paris. I really enjoyed that movie. Really, really, wow. co- really cool movie. Um, yeah, I just I, I like all the the literary characters he meets. The the actual literary um, figures he meets, like F. F. Scott Fitzgerald, and he meets uh, Hemingway, Summer. and he and he meets. Uh, the guy uh, from Latrec, Latrec, uh, the artist, and uh, yeah, just a really fun story. I like that. I like that it's like it, it's it's a bit of a time travel movie, and you can tell that he actually is affecting current time because yeah. she ends up writing about him, uh, Marion Cotillard's character, and so uh, they don't really set rules, uh, and so it doesn't really bother me that they they don't. I guess like you're not you're unclear of what the rules of this of his time travel. I always felt like that is. movie just felt like weird, grown up, witty night at the museum or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can that. see that. But I, uh, a very enjoyable film. I I like um, I liked it. Um, and then yeah, I watched Hail Caesar. Oh, good. Yes, uh, it liked that movie a lot. Um, it's yeah. also a movie that gets better and better. 
I think that that's that's true because I saw it. You know, I just watched it yesterday, and I, I I had to let it marinate. But it was it was a it was a bit of what what uh, what you always say. It's like uh, the test of a movie is how much you think about it after you've seen it. And it's like I found myself thinking about that movie a lot today. And I I'm just a sucker for for movies about movies, and that yeah, movie is yeah. about movies. And it's um, the Coen Brothers are obviously genius. Um, but yeah, um, I'm I was. I was impressed. Uh, it's a movie I'd, 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 I'd shrugged off for a while that a lot of film heads were like, watch this movie, watch this movie, watch this movie. You included Dave. And I just shrugged it off. And then I watched it and I was like, you know what? That, that I, I enjoyed it. Uh, good performances. All around. A, there's not a single Coen brothers movie worthy of the shrug off. Except yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, the lady killers, maybe. But all right. Um, yeah. I mean, thank you. Thank you guys again for listening. Yeah. We've we've been uh yeah I I like I I we've been getting some good traction I don't know if we talked about oh. this I haven't told Dave yet but yeah thank you guys so much for listening uh go back and maybe listen to Rebecca uh, a few more times that'd be great <laughs> uh we have a podcast but we also have an Instagram you can go check us out at Podcorn and a Movie on Instagram where we post about what movies we're watching, our schedules, and some of the posters that we've been talking about, especially this month. Um, yeah, classic posters. You got a lot of classic posters. Oh, I actually have big news, and this is tying into the thing I always practice, or I pretend to practice in the mirror. Uh, rate, comment, and review, right? Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Whatever. It's close enough. Uh, on Spotify... Rate, comment, and review. <laughs> I feel like they're all the same thing. Uh, no, they're not. On Spotify, we have a five-star. We're we're five really? yeah five out of five stars on Spotify. Wow! Oh, nice. So I was like I Thank was like you. yeah. Thank you for those. For and that's those. not it's not just one person. It it wouldn't show up if it's just one person. Thank you for, so our, our for rate, that. review, and subscribe is finally piercing the veils. Jokes wow. on you! I've screwed it up many times, so you guys wouldn't you, you would think about it more. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. yeah. That's your master plan. That's my yeah. master plan. It's not that I see 3D or I'm not dyslexic. It's just <laughs> how I see. Uh, uh, and then, oh, let's talk about next month. We're doing uh, rom-coms. We're doing rom-coms for the month of February. Which I'm excited for. Unless we're going to change that. But I, I, believe I don't know. I guess it's official now. I like I, it. I, I, I like it. it. I wanted to discuss that beforehand, but that's oh. cool with me. I'm still down. I already know what movie I'm putting in. So it was just either that or we wouldn't do a month. But oh, well. But I'm fine with doing that. I'm fine with that too. I, I was I was thinking about it today. We uh we almost did rom coms last year, and we uh that was when we stopped. I think it's a good check it out. I think it's a good change of pace too because of uh our just oh yeah our, that is what we said. Um, I think <laughs> do we say we were gonna yes, do rom and then we never the came back. Very, uh, well, well, we're back and we're doing rom coms. But yeah. um, or or whatever. Or it was it was, was Mar- it was. Was it March? No, it was for February. So we actually yeah. Every every January we're gonna curse ourselves. Like we'll disappear for eight months. Eight months and then come, come back. Just a small hiatus. But uh, yeah, I think it's a good uh, change of pace from what we've done, like horror movies, and we had the the, the Tom Holland Spider Spidermans, and then we you know we did classics. So it's a good uh, change of pace. Yeah. Of course, now we're only doing classic superhero rom coms. Yeah, only classic that. superhero. Rom coms so before the year two thousand is recovering it again. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, well, we'll you see guys. you guys next week with our new genre. Or yeah, our new mini series. Our new mini series. Yeah. Hopefully, it is rom coms. If it's changed, then well, look at us. We're we're a bunch of boys. So, all right. Bye, guys. Get a bigger boat.